Welcome to the new year. Oh my gosh. Oh. It's going to be a great year. I'll tell you, uh, it's been really, a really packtastic <laughs> year. Uh, Matt and I, by the way. Hey, Matt. Hey, how's it going, Mike? It's going pretty good. This is great. You know, I'll tell you why. Oh, why is that? We have like a huge show planned today, and we're expecting, like no one's here yet, which is great. Cause, like, so Matt and I are just like <laughs> hanging out in the studio talking about gold frame, pol- uh, gold frame Polaroids via the Impossible Project. Yes. And we took a few test shots, and we're heating them up. We're doing a little experiment. We're cooking the hell out of them. <laughs> we shot with a uh, Polaroid. Uh, I guess it's called a one-step sonar. One step, yeah, it's kind of. It's like a. It's oh, like it's the Sun Six Hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah is, but it's like they. But they added the sonar to it, so it's a little oh, classier. Yeah. This is called the uh, Polaroid Six Hundred Land Camera Auto Focus Six Sixty. And James Garner did some commercials for this. And those are like the the Sun Six Hundred, but it's got the sonar. the, the autofocus. Yeah. So we're here in the studio, and it was great. Not that it's not going to be great when like this place is jamming, but we got. <laughs> Uh, Alex Laux coming down from Canada. Yep. Uh, uh, Deputy Dan Domi coming in from Pennsylvania. Of course. We got Hunter White. He's on a bus right now. <laughs> I put him on the bus. Coming in from Manhattan. So we're in the studio, and it's quiet. And uh, this is a great show. This is the... Um, well, welcome. This is the Film Photography Podcast, the internet show that is about using film in your camera. <laughs> yeah. 35 millimeter film... 120. 120. 110. 110. 127. But the great thing, the reason why Matt and I are like, what are these guys talking about? Why are we here? It's January 1st, Matt. You know what? It's the day before my birthday. My birthday's tomorrow. Oh! Yeah. Wow. Wow. But but since I'm just a week away from Christmas, I always get double gifted. You get double gifted? Yeah. So So that's good. No. The double gift is the combination of two presents at a lesser value than Because the they're total. spending on the first and they get you like a bonus half-price present. Half-price bonus. Or if it was like a check from Grandma, that $15 check, those two $15 checks are now a $25 check. <laughs> Somber Have you mood. thought of moving Christmas? It'd be easier to move your birthday. E- very easy to move my birthday. My birthday goes anywhere. You just bump your birthday to like February 2nd. Like, who's going to... No one will care. Groundhog Day? I don't know. Oh. I've thought about all these. <laughs> so, um, the great news is, and why we're here early. Well, why are these guys here yeah. early? What's happening here is we're going to do an intro, and then Matt and I are going to step out to go go down to Baja Fresh. Ooh, Baja Fresh. There he is. You hungry, T? You want to send the kid for Baja Fresh? Now, Matt's never been to Baja, Baja Fresh. Now, this is Baja Fresh, the West Coast Mexican chain store that makes everything fresh, hence the fresh. Yeah. And uh, most notable for its uh, little inclusion in the soundbite from none other than New Jersey's own The Sopranos. Let's go to the audio tape. Yes. <laughs> you want to send the kid for Baja Fresh? Uh, but we're here because, we're here early because uh, just a few weeks ago, Matt, you were at the Finlay University Polaroid Party. Yes, and it was it was a great turnout. It was we scheduled it kind of last minute at the end toward the end of the semester, so we didn't think any we'd get any students in. We had quite a few students. Alex Laux showed up with a little oh. posse. Yeah, yeah, and he he brought some he brought some buddies with him. Andy Jenkins, Andy. ER, er code blue, er code blue on. The Flicker, yeah, Andy Jenkins. Up. Andy showed up. Uh, a couple of friends oh. of mine. Yeah, Browsing Impossible's website right now. I'm just oh. kind of looking at back blogs. Uh, who else showed up? 
Um, well, Professor Jeff, Leslie from Imagine That. Imagine that! Uh, Lauren, so, some of her friends, some other students at the university, art students. Was, um, like, the guest model the Strudel? Or was the Strudel? Strudel didn't show up. Strudel no, didn't show up. caged him. So what were you looking, before we introduced this piece, you were looking up something to discuss? We were, yeah. we were talking about 8x10. Yeah, well, you know, there's lots of... Um, I heard that before you came here, that you were in the city and you stopped in, at the Impossible Project. Okay, so you won't believe this, Mike. What? I finally, I finally showed up. The planets were in perfect alignment, and when I walked in, Dave was there. In in previous times, and like you, six times, you do pop in the city quite often, uh, unusually so for someone who's from Ohio. Yes, very yeah. much. Dave Bias. Yeah, he's kind of he's kind of the first guy I think of when I think impossible. When you so. think impossible, you think Dave Bias. Yeah, and uh, you always picture him in that space, but you don't because when you visit the space, he's not there. Never there. <laughs> but this time, this time he was. He was. He's right at the register. Oh, yeah. It was great, and I walked in, and I was like, uh, of course, he doesn't. You know, he didn't recognize me, but <laughs> or anything because I've never seen him before. But he, uh, I walked right up to him, and I started giving him the. Oh, well, what's where's this eight by ten? The blog still says should be, a, you know, twenty eleven, and we're almost to twenty twelve. Now you're talking about them introducing their impossible eight by ten that was discussed in Vivian's of uh, yes, audio blog. Yes, the the, the, uh, the black and white. The, yes. Yes. And You're really itching to have a steady supply of, of you know, Polaroid or Impossible. It sucks really having to count like you know the final shots. I think I've I think I've less than ten sheets left. It does take a, a bit of a load off. If you're shooting 8x10, you're shooting... No, you can get more, yeah. But you're shooting instant, which means you have instant gratification. Oh, it's, you have no darkroom. It's beautiful because, like, you know, darkroom processing for, like, roll film or 35, I'll send it to Miller's, you know? But 8x10, it's a very tedious process because you have to load it in the dark and right. take it out in the dark and then process it. And then you got to wait for the negs to dry. And then you can print them, maybe. <laughs> right. But... 8x10 instant is such a it, it's truly instant in the in the whole scheme of things it's lightning fast only takes five minutes to, to do it start to finish and the best part is there's no dust when you when you, oh, lo- no you know, dust. When you load these big sheets of film yeah dust is the bane of your existence it and really is yeah well I mean think of think if I was you know getting paid or it was a landscape I really thought oh you know this, this is an Ansel Adams shot yeah and I take the shot and I'm just like really nervous or fumbling around or I'm wearing this the fuzzy hat that I'm wearing right now while I'm unloading yeah, yeah. film and a piece of dust gets on it before I throw it in the I throw it in the sauce or there was a piece of yes. dust in there when I loaded it. I I have the exposure on that. I've gotten very lazy when it comes, I don't know about yourself cuz you shoot large format. Do you kind of just let it let the dust roll or do you go in a post process and Remove the dust. No, I'm very lazy. Post like if it happened, eh. but most of that, most of that's on the uh, scanner too. As a matter of fact, we could sit here and talk about this probably for an hour, but we can't because this is just like a pre-show to the actual show. What show? <laughs> Finlay University, under the direction of Professor Jeff. Yes, and, and it was it was it was pretty good. We pretty had good. we we taught everybody how to kind of get running with pack cameras. We gave away some uh, color pack twos. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, no, they were. They were super shooter deluxes. Oh, super shooter deluxe. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I gave um, a color pack two. It's a Polaroid camera. It shoots the Fuji film, the the crack and peel film. Crack and peel. I gave a uh, a Polaroid color pack two bum camera to uh, Dane. He loves it. It's a, it's a very 
I can see that. It puts out a great image. Yeah, it does. It needs a lot of light. I mean... Flash cube. Yeah, cubes. When you shoot without the flash, you really have to <laughs> hold still and keep your finger pressed on that. Because yeah. it's like clunk. Shutters open, shutters open, shutters yeah. open. Clunk. One thing I don't like about the color packs was I was getting a lot of blurry shots. Oh, I like... It, you really got to press down hard. Yes, you do. You move the camera. It, it, it moves it. And usually, even on like an overcast day, you can get a lot of blur if you're not careful. There's no cable release. No. There's no tripod mount. There's a tripod mount on some... Not, no, not on color packs, but on some of those plastic bodies. Oh, like the... The uh, pro, Yeah, E, E. Yeah. Or uh, Polaroid. Um, uh, Is it called like Pro Cam? Pro or? 100 Cam or something. Yeah, there's one the of those. The newer color packs. Yes. That are actually so new, they're not cool yet. No. <laughs> it will be. They tell you, everything's so expensive on the bay here in futuristic 2012. Oh, my God. <laughs> color pack twos, those e e any of the color the hard molded hard bodied yeah just ask the seller if they're corroded got to direct them to where the batteries are yeah inside near the lens hey can you look in by the lens is it corroded uh, Dane loves the CP2 he brought it to a Christmas holiday with him oh good yeah Hope so you, you gave some away some CP2s gave some CP2s we had a bunch of, we had a bunch of FP100C I bought some uh, unique photo unique photo they had a uh, they had a Christmas or no, the Black Friday sale. Oh. It was 20% off all Instax as long as you buy $50 worth. We gave some away. Well, everybody got to shoot a pack. There were Polaroid newbies there? Uh, there was a couple. We have a couple Polaroid newbies that we interviewed, too. But um, Do you, um, did these Polaroid newbies using the Color Pack 2 camera have cubes? We had, cu- uh, Leslie, we had cubes. Leslie brought cubes and uh, M-bulbs. Yes. For every, so we were, we were hooked up with that. We had, uh, we had land cameras. We had a 100. We had, uh, we had a 450, 420, 210, squeaky 210s. <laughs> For those out there listening who want to know what the fruit is going on, <laughs> uh, Matt and I just got. Matt and I here's the recap. Matt and I are in the pre-show for January first. The gang isn't here yet. Perfect time to introduce the Polaroid party from Finlay University back in December. It took place. Roll those clips in. While those clips are rolling in, Matt and I are hitting the rickety road to go to Baja Fresh. Yeah, Baja Fresh. You hungry, T? You want to send the kid for Baja Fresh? The cameras we're talking about is instant Polaroid photography. Two types. The James Garner type. Integral Spits film. out the front. It's called integral film. It's a classic Polaroid with the white frame yeah. in the bottom. You could write on it. Exactly. There's the peel type film, which is a little more old timey. Both film is available. So we have all these older cameras that you guys brought to the Polaroid. Yeah, and we did a lot of, we did feature some integral film, but it was mainly about the Polaroid automatic land camera, which is kind of why we were, we were hoping... Mr. Mike Ross, I would have shown up. <laughs> I, I, listen. I know. It's, it, it was actually it's on my agenda for oh. a while, but things are so crazy here at the FPP. Oh, I know. Holiday season. People buying up buying cameras. Up. Yeah. Buying them up. Any of the people that picked up uh, Polaroid cameras for the first time ever in their lives, what was the reaction? They were a little like some, – some people actually came right up to me, and they were so surprised that we were giving away film and cameras just for people to shoot. They were like, what's, what's your angle? What's, what's, the, what's the point of this? And I was like – They're kids. They're college kids. Yeah. They're so cynical that they can't they like what are you getting out of this? Are you getting my my name and address? Yeah. Like, for some kind they of really, list? They really they really were. And I was like, no, we're just uh kind of showing you that this stuff is still around and it's pretty cool. Now were there any instant geniuses like they picked up Polaroid and it really like they really flew with it? Um, Rick really took off with, uh, and we're going to talk to Rick. He's a buddy of mine. We're going to roll all the clips in together so that, you know, we can go to the Baja Fresh. (laughs) And uh, I'm going to run down the folks here. Maybe you could just ID these people for us. Sure, sure. Uh, On our 
tape, we have uh, Professor Jeff. Of course, the host. My, my okay. professor, my mentor, the right. guy who lets me use the Finley Dark Room. Right. <laughs> Jeff Salisbury, great, great. guy. Uh, Leslie? Leslie Hunsberger from Imagine That. Yes, indeed. Rick Brennan. Yeah, Rick, he's been a buddy of mine for, oh God, like five, six years now. He was a friend of mine when I was still digital, all digital. Digital! And he's he's kind of digital, but he picked up a large now, format I, camera. I don't think anyone even knows that there was a time when you were all digital. No, probably. It's the whole enthusiasm thing, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. And you really didn't know anything about film? No. Like... Well, no idea. You, didn't even, you never. I mean, you knew it existed from like your mom and pop. Yeah, but there was no, there was nothing that kind of like engaged me about it. And yeah. then, then I saw medium format, and I'm like, what is, what am I doing? I'm talking to co-host Matt Marash, by the way. Oh, hey guys, uh, Ohio photographer and someone. It sounds who, like I just take pictures of Buckeyes and stuff. <laughs> and, uh, apparently, at some point, I uh, didn't know anything about film, which is great because people who just tune into the podcast and be like, oh, you know, what are these guys talking about? 2012 is going to mark in a couple months I'll mark my third year shooting film, film. Yeah. what was the first camera you picked up the Hasselblad film. 500C where did you get it um, like, did you borrow somebody's or Jeff let me borrow his oh and you picked it up it, was, it felt like a Cadillac I was like, oh, what is this? And then I had to get my own. But you love photography you were shooting I, I was shooting but I was looking for something like everything seemed the same what inspired you was it a class no it wasn't a class it was, uh, it was Jeff just kind of he had his Hasselblad in his office and I saw it there, and I was like, oh, it, just, it looked like a great piece of machinery. And then I went to Japan. They love film there. You and brought, did you bring a film camera? No, no. I almost bought one there, but they were way okay. too much money because that was when the do- U.S. dollar was like F <laughs> compared to the yen, compared to yen. And then I went all these camera collectors. They all shot like this medium format and large format film, and I was just like, oh, these look these images are awesome straight out of the camera like this most of the time. And I tried to... You know, that's when I was still like, I think I was on my lighting kick, like all the strobist kind of stuff. But I was still getting, I wasn't liking what I was doing. You were doing strobist kind of stuff. You yeah. put it on Flickr, right? Yeah, I put it on Flickr. That was like tw- the very beginning of my stream. I was, I was kind of into that, but it, was, it felt stale. Like everybody was doing it. And then the Hasselblad came along and I was just like smitten. <laughs> really? Yes. And then I forced myself to do the 52 project, you know, like a, a roll okay. a week. Okay. Were you like snooping around on the web? I mean, is that how you found oh, film photography podcast? Like, how how did it all come together? I always like plan things like months before I like you know. Is that right? I jump on them. Okay. So like people, you know, it always sounds like I dove into this, dove into that. No, there was like months of lusting over the five the Hasselblad five hundred and seeing everybody with it and like stalking eBay prices. I had to learn. I always teach myself how to like do the process before I. Or try to teach myself so you like look on watch every YouTube video you can, right. read every blog article, and then I stumbled across this podcast, these crazy Jersey guys talking about film. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got it got in your, your and That was it. Then you hit the rickety road like I'm going to PTN. Yeah. Well I wrote I wrote you guys. Yeah. I wrote in and then there was like the the PDN thing. And then By the, the whole... time you went to that first PDN, was that 2010? Yeah, it was 2000. You already had an 8x10 in your trunk, right? Yeah, I didn't have the just the Hasselblad 500 for long. Yeah. You're like Eric Stoltz in The Fly 2. <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that? No. Uh, basically, he's the offspring of uh, Jeff Goldblum from the first <laughs> of Fly. Of course, of course. And because his cells are you know radically altered... When he was born, he was born in captivity, you know, in a yeah. lab. You know, he's like 
two months old, and then like a week later, he's like a young adult. Oh, okay. Just so flying you flying through it. Yeah. So your uh, metamorphosis into a film photographer happened very rapidly. Hard and fast. Yeah. Very hard and fast. Because by the time you were at PDN, the first PDN, you're already up to 8x10. Yeah, but I was very like shaky with the 8x10. Like, didn't really know what I was doing with it completely yet. Didn't know. I didn't have direction with it. Right. Didn't know how to process the film that well. So you went to you went, you started one twenty roll film, then you went back to like thirty thirty five kind of worked its way in there. Yeah, it just fell in somewhere. Like oh hey, you guys well, talked about remember you guys talked about the trip you were really hitting on the trip thirty five. Yeah, then? yeah, yeah. And before I went to PDN, I found one in an, an antique store for like ten bucks. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I still have it, even yeah. though it's got some other guy's name carved all over oh. it. Oh, <laughs> one of those guys. And how, then how did you discover, like, the um, Pentax K1000? Well, that was Lauren's camera. Okay. And th- we, we'd already been going out. And so she kind of had it in a box. Like, hey, man, I got this camera it was her dad. It was her dad's camera. Okay. So her dad pulled it out of a box. But, yeah. And you're like, oh, man, let's shoot with this. Yeah. And so we started shooting with all sorts of stuff. We eventually so came to the, the Polaroid fever. I, st- <laughs> yeah. I stole all of them. I, I raided my grandma's closet for all her 600 cameras, the Impulse, and all that stuff. Yeah. It's just history after that, you know? Yeah. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, welcome to the Matt Mirage interview. Oh, hi. It's good to do this because, like, you know, people It's, it's like a to... retrospective, I guess. I don't Absolutely. Know. People listen to hey, those guys. You know, those guys from Jersey. Like, you're just... Some people may just think you're from New Jersey. No, that's fine. That's because I, I was no. pulled away from the East Coast at a young age. Getting back to the Polaroid party. <laughs> Rick Brennan. Who's Rick? Oh, Rick's a good friend of mine. We go, we go back a couple of years back when I was uh, all digital. And then that's how we segue. <laughs> but then you know, uh, we we stayed friends, stayed contact. He he mo- moved away. He's up in Toledo, Ohio. Holy Toledo! Uh, yeah, hour away. He picked up the film bug and started listening to the FPP yeah. after I told him I was on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Bought a five by seven. Get out! Yeah, for, for real, for real. Man, I'll tell you, people are catching the fever. Oh my god! Because you mentioned people emailing you like who want to buy eight by ten cameras to shoot eight by ten. Polaroid. Polaroid. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is mind-boggling. It is. So, Rick showed up. Rick showed up, and I was I was doing that to show him, you know, the Polaroid stuff, wet plate stuff, and we were going to troubleshoot his... He was ha- he's having some 5 by 7 issues, so right. we, we're getting him rolling. Okay. Andy Jenkins. And ER Code Blue. Now, I know Andy from me just corresponding with him. I know he's a listener. I follow him on Flickr, and whenever I need an example of film, like if it's in the FPP store... And if it's expired Polaroid, he's probably shot it. <laughs> I always search the FPP pool using keywords, Polaroid 108. So that's the power of tagging your images. Yes. So when I look for images to associate with FPP blogs or on the FPP site or even to feature in FPP, just for you folks who do go to Flickr and, and post in the FPP pool, if you're putting zero tags, I'm not going to find you. Nope. Like, no way. There's thousands of pictures in there. There's yeah. no way. So, uh, I, boom, up they come. Because... I, does Andy shoot exclusively instant photography? I don't know if it's exclusive. It, it might, might be, be. because <laughs> so you chatted with him. Yeah, well, he showed up, and um, I don't think he brought the four by five. He brought a, a folder camera. I don't know. It was a it was a converted. It was an old converted Polaroid, like a like a one ten or something. One of those. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, those and, are nice. And it was a converted with a really nice, good lens on mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, and he was mm-hmm. shooting FP one hundred C in that. So it was kind of like he had like the you know the Cadillac. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then color packs to the to the left of him. Very, very nice. 
So, but he, but um, he's a great guy. No, uh, no stranger to FPP is Alex Laux because he's been on the show. Yes. Yes. And, uh, and he will be on the show. Yeah, and he will be on the show. It's Bruce Beck. Bruce. Bruce was a, a Polaroid newbie. Okay. But he, well, not really a newbie. He's, he's uh, going to be attending one of the programs that the university does. They also have a, they're connected to a seminary right. at the University of Finley. He's going to the the seminary starting in the the winter and he's he was interested in polaroid because he used to shoot tons of 600 and also in sx 70s so he knew the cameras and he knew the old polaroid but he was just really excited to see impossible film he was yeah and at that time i had we had like i had just pulled it out of the package some of that px 100 yep as, test, as film? test film yeah so we got to play around with that and everyone was really liking the results Nice. So. Yeah, I like the results. Very good film. Yeah. Since we got a whole shoe in front of us, yeah, that's a big shoe. It's going to be a big shoe. Uh, why don't we uh, hit the rickety road, and uh, this is what I suggest we do. Okay. It's going to be ambitious, but hit the rickety road, go into the Bodge Fresh. Of course. Roll down the road, because it's a hill. Stop quickly in Max, grab a cup of Joe. All right. Say hi to Ange. Oh, that'd be great. And then we'll come back for the big January 1st. Happy New Year, Filmtastic Explosion. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Woo! Hey, as Warner Wolf said, let's go to the videotape. <laughs> <laughs> the Warner Wolf, ABC TV, sports anchor from the 1970s, New York City, anything. You'd be like, let's go to the videotape. Let's go to the videotape. <laughs> Polaroid party. I'm here with the, the famous but yet to be heard on the Film Photography Podcast, Professor Jeff. Jeff Salisbury. How are you today? Greetings and welcome to Finley. So uh, Jeff, what gave you the idea to uh, come up with the Polaroid party? Polaroid party come with uh, just an idea of when I think you and I were talking about trying to get some people to get more creative in their photography in Finley. And now we've got people from Canada that came down and from Toledo. And maybe the idea of to start something uh, alternative process here in Finley. We've got the lab and other things. We just have to have people come and do it and have some fun. And then later on, we're going to go out and get crazy. Sounds like a good time. So uh, what do you think of the turnout? Pretty good? Yeah, I'm really pleased with the turnout. It's been an exhilarating day. It's not even winding down yet. There's still everybody all over the place. I'm here with Leslie Lazenby, Lazenby. Hunsberger of Imagine That. How are you, Leslie? I am. I'm wonderful. This is not only a Polaroid party. If it's Polaroid, this has to be my birthday. <laughs> because? Because? I love Polaroid. So uh, what are you shooting today? Well, actually right in my hand right now is an Olympus Pen app, but that's not the point. <laughs> I have been shooting with my Michael Rosso FPP Automatic 100 Polaroid Land Camera. Ooh, the classic, the Mad uh, Men camera. The absolute classic. I've also been shooting with my Polaroid SX-70 camera, and that's got a little uh, TZ Artistic in it. Ooh. And I believe I've picked up a few others around here, maybe some uh, color frames and some other automatics. Just all sorts of stuff. So what do you think of the turnout? Pretty good? Absolutely. This is such a great, great group. This is amazing. So what do you think of those Impossible films we've been playing around with today? Pretty cool? Actually, I'm rather impressed. I really like that. I think we're just about ready to do the big group shot, aren't we? I think we are. It's it's kind of getting quiet. People are eyeballing the 8x10, and uh-huh. I'm just worried people are just going to start walking out with big cameras. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple here today. A couple shady ones. Uh-huh. All right. Thanks a lot, Leslie. Thank you, Matt. Remember what fun you had when you got your first Polaroid camera? Watching your pictures develop and the fun of sharing those pictures on the spot? Remember that party that didn't take off until you started taking pictures? Those shots of Herbert explaining the gross national product did it. Well, those people are coming back tonight. So go out and get some Polaroid film. 
and get out your camera again. It's right where you left it. Up in the closet. Under the hat. Getting up on the right film. Hey everybody, Film Photography Podcast, Midwest Polaroid Party. I'm here with a good buddy of mine, Mr. Rick Brennan. Uh, how long have you, have you been into film photography? <laughs> I suppose it goes back to my Boy Scouting days. That We went on a photo walk. Uh, I borrowed my dad's old Olympus 35mm, shot some black and white film, and we ended up going to, uh, I, I think it was the Bowling Green lab and uh, did some enlarging and I, I have a uh, print of it there somewhere but been interested in it ever since. Got you started young. Yeah I did. So Rick you brought some really really interesting cameras here today. Some fo- uh, folks are going to get to see some, some roll-in images of it but uh, can you go ahead and describe the, the monster that you carried in with you today? Yeah I got a uh, Grayflex 5x7. Uh, it has a damaged shutter unfortunately so it is not a functioning camera, but I have hopes to bring it back to life here over the holiday season. Oh yeah, we'll we'll get it running before before January, February, I'm sure. But now this isn't just like a normal five by seven camera. You couldn't leave well enough alone. This guy, it's it's a TL. It's a no. It's a single range reflex. It, it has a, a viewfinder, right? Absolutely. Oh my God, it's insane. Now, now, Rick, you're a, you're quite a tall guy. What, what are you, six four? Yeah, six four, six five. It, it looks good on you. Like, it looks like a smaller camera, so, like, you, you can't just have, like, a little Mamiya if you're carrying around. Oh, no, absolutely not. Five by seven all the way. Oh, yeah, for sure. I, cool. I, I'm, I'm really excited to shoot some large format. Well, this is great. You came to the right place. We're going to take an 8x10 Polaroid here in a little bit. And uh, so what do you think of the rest of the Polaroid party? You learn a lot about Polaroid? Oh, yeah. I mean, this is really, I mean, other than the Polaroids I shot with the junky thing that we had when I was a kid and not knowing what I was doing. This is my first real experience with Polaroid since since I got into photography as a whole and understanding how it works. And I'm a real technical person, so I've learned all the technical ins and outs of it. I started shooting with my 7D and everything, but, uh, you know, bringing back to basics and Polaroid is so much fun. It is, and there's a, there's a completely different feel, you know, there's something cool about peeling that and just having your print ready to go. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Polaroid is... it. What's interesting to me about it is how relaxing it is. I mean, literally, and maybe not relaxing, that's maybe the wrong word, but you look at the camera and it has a one, a two, and a three, and a four. That's, that's all you got to do. Well, very cool. Thanks a lot for chatting with us, Rick, and uh, let's, let's get shooting some large format sometime. I need a buddy to shoot with. Sounds like a plan. All right, cool. Thanks. I'm here with a great Flickr contact, uh, just an awesome analog, specifically Polaroid shooter, ER Code Blue to everyone on Flickr, Andy Jenkins to everyone else. Hi everybody, how you doing? It's, uh, it's great to have you here, coming all the way up from uh, Columbus, Ohio, Columbus, right? Ohio. Yep, it's good to be here. Very cool, and you brought some uh, pretty cool cameras with you today. You brought a, like a, what was that, a converted uh, pack camera? Yeah, I've got a 110, uh, 110A that's converted. Uh, it's a four design conversion. It's something beyond what I'd probably been able to do myself, although I'll give that a shot. But that's, uh, that's my beast that I brought up here today with me. Very cool. That's like 70 and a 240. Nice. So how are you enjoying the Polaroid party so far? It's good times. i got chemicals all over my fingers. I'm peeling stuff and doing ridiculous stuff. This oh, man, you are. What are you doing right now? Well, it was a crummy shot, so I was going to see. See if we can save it? See if we got anything. I've got a couple of the, the negatives in the back. You know, to do sometimes. Oh. Get some of the poor pods that don't peel. But this is the new PX100, PX100 right? PX100. Yeah. It didn't, it's pretty tough. It's showing some resistance. Yeah. It's got like a cool kind of like scaly look going on right yeah. there. I don't know. Well, apparently, one of the 101 ways you can do stuff to your impossible film, just bake it in your oven. It'll come out, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wicked. I've never seen the inside of these before. Yeah. You can actually scan the negatives from... Oh, really? Do you have to bleach it like everything else? No. It's yeah, good to go. It just give you terrible contrast, but 
it's kind of fun to do. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I just learned something new about Impossible Film go. today. What's uh, what's the big thing you're shooting today? Are you shooting a lot of uh, the 110? or just not here, but yeah, I'm shooting um, a lot of, actually 4x5 now. I've got a lot of um, some Polaroid 59 uh, in the works I've been trying to work with. So uh, any Metro Park or anything that's outdoors, that's kind of my what I like to shoot. Oh, cool. Well, we have a nice Pencher Park here in Finley. It's uh, the Riverbend and Riverside Parks over there, if they're not flooded right That's now. That's right. I'll have to check those out. It looks like there might be some flood flooding zone up, up in this area. Oh, yeah. It's, it's kind of nasty. But when it's when it's nice and not like 20 degrees out, it's pretty, it's pretty nice. Yeah. Well, cool. We're going to have to go shooting sometime because you're, yeah. you're like an hour away. I was going to say. I yeah, mean, definitely. I, we've probably missed each other in passing at, at Midwest Photo because I'm always amazing. down there. Yeah, exactly. We're uh, the Columbus Camera Group down there, too. Oh, I love going to visit those guys. I, I practically stole some 8x10 holders from yeah. them. Stuff too. Ooh, yeah, I'm gonna have to check that out again. Have you thought of doing anything with that uh, that new Harman camera that they have, the Ilford Pinhole? I've actually got a. Um, I, I like it. It's, it looks nice. I've got actually a lensless pinhole that I use, um, oh. just the box wooden box camera. So I, I, I'd like to shoot it. I'm not sure I'd I'd dive right into to getting it right away, but it's, it looks pretty nice as well. Very cool. So, you know, thanks again for uh, oh, taking our little interview here on the FPP. Absolutely. And uh, anything you have to say to uh, Mike and the guys or FPP listeners? No, uh, just thanks and keep up the great podcasts and keep on shooting. All right. Thanks a lot, Andy. Thanks a lot. Of the 12 billion photographs people take every year, over 80% are of other people. And quite frankly, not all of them are likely to turn out as good as this one. Because this was taken with a camera designed to photograph people, the Polaroid 660. The 660's exposure system and film are balanced to achieve natural flesh tones. And its electronic flash system automatically compensates for virtually any movement. If you've wanted to get pictures of your family as good as this, well, now there's a camera that can help. The Polaroid 660. I'm here with our Canadian correspondent, Alex Lox. Is, is that a good way of putting it? That's a great way of putting it. Neighbor to the north brother from uh no, i don't know tim hortons i don't know <laughs> so how's it going alex i'm great i'm great great to be back in ohio actually so uh, how's uh, how's your stay been in ohio it's been really great i drove in friday i hung around dayton for most of yesterday and i'm here at the polaroid party today we went to two places um, u.s aeromotive and an old hotel and i shot nothing but film very good have you have you been to down to lima ohio it's right. It's actually right on the way the way back. If you're heading down south, not yet. Planning on stopping there on the way home tomorrow. You should definitely stop there because, it, as sad as it sounds, it's an old industrial town, and there's just like there's more there's more urban decay than there is anything else. Nice, good, good. Yeah, it's a, it's a good place to shoot. I, I think I tested some Portrait 400 down there, and it was just nothing but urban decay. Excellent. <laughs> definitely check it out. I will. So uh, you brought some folks with you here today. Not just you. You showed up. Yeah. Um, I brought with me my friend James, whom we often get mistaken to be brothers, but we're really not, and my friend Cassidy from Missouri. Hi, Cassidy. How long have you been shooting film? Um, like seven years, maybe. Oh, my gosh. So you're just like, what? you've been in, into it for forever. No, seven years, that's a, that's a lot. Oh, okay, we're, gonna, we're just going to cut you out of the interview then. No, 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 come on back. Just kidding. So, but are you having fun at least shooting some Polaroid? Oh, yes. Okay, have you, have you shot enough, or do you need to shoot some more? We have plenty of packs left. Maybe some more. Okay, cool. Whatever we can do to get that digital camera off your shoulder, I mean. No, actually, I uh, converted her pack camera to AAA when oh. I thought she had it. Right, she was showing it to me, and I said, hey, why don't you send it my way, and I'll make it a, use AAA battery so you can get it and use it. So it was 
my first practice in converting it over. So very nice. Maybe we can get you working in the the FPP workshop with with Mike. He's lonely in there converting oh, yeah. pack cameras now. <laughs> Absolutely. If he just sends them my way, I'd be more than happy to convert them over. Oh, we might take you up on that, Alex. So Cassidy, um, aside from being dragged here against your will, even though you wanted to be out shooting digital today, what do you like about Polaroid? What What do you like about film, even? Well, I do. Uh, I used to do concert photography and film. Concert photography, so like all like Delta thirty two hundred kind of stuff. Oh, uh, I used an old Canon Rebel of my mom's. Oh, nice. So, yeah, and then I switched over to digital just because it was cheaper and easier at that time. I'm, I'm slowly coming back around, thanks to Alex. Well, that's good. That's good. So is there? are you an FPP fan, listener? Will be a listener? Want to hear yourself on the air? Well, I will be. Well, very good. Pink camera guy. Speaking of pink camera guy, isn't that, uh, isn't that your buddy? That is. Wow. You think we can get him for a sec? Absolutely. For, for a quick little bit? James. James. He's bringing, of course, he's bringing the pink camera. Hello. Hey, hey, James, how are you? I'm doing well, yourself? So I, I, I hear you're Alex's brother, or you're often mistaken for Alex's brother? We get that a lot. We're, uh, we go on vacation together, and we're like, oh, it's so nice to see families traveling together. <laughs> so what brings you up to Finley, Ohio, other than Alex dragging you against your will? Well, he told me that he was going down on a trip to Cincinnati, and I thought, yeah, I'll pass. Cincinnati, not, nah. Yeah, it's Cincinnati. And then he said, but on the way back, I'll go to a Polaroid party. I said, done. <laughs> I will be there. Well, very nice. And, uh, yeah, that's why I'm here. Well, great. So you're famous for your, this pink camera. We have to find out more about it. What, what is it? Uh, this is a Polaroid uh, 600 cool cam. It, it's very cool. It comes in uh, two colors that I've ever seen. Black with red accents and mine, which is the gray with pink accents. I've heard of the red and black one, but this is, uh, this is almost like the, the Barbie cam kind of colors. We have a very, very faint uh, pink elephant's kind of pink with a very, uh, I would say, what was that? Maybe a, a stop lighter than uh, middle gray? Yeah. It is a very cool cam, and it's just like any other Sun 600 or 600 instant camera. Yeah. Very cool. You're going to be known for that forever. You're going to be a pink Polaroid guy. Yeah. Is that cool? Uh, All right. That's fine. You just kind of have to accept it now yeah. before it, yeah. Okay. Very cool. So what else do you have on you today? You've got all sorts of stuff. Jeez. You've been running around like crazy with these cameras. Yeah, I've been feeding my gas this year. I started uh, shooting film back in July with five cameras that I had on my shelves, and now I have 30. Oh my gosh. 22 of them work. And this one is my Polaroid uh, 210, and uh, it was one of the ones that was on my shelf when I started getting into film. I picked it up about 10 years ago at a garage sale, so I thought it looked cool, and it's just collected d- dust on my shelf ever since until I discovered that I could get film for it. And uh, now I take it with me everywhere. Yeah, you can especially get some film today. I think we have a couple extra packs. You might be taking some with you. That's what we like to hear. All right, so I think uh, I think every, literally everybody else is ready for the uh, 8x10 group shot on Polaroid. We only get one chance at this, guys, so uh, don't blink. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, guys. Polaroid asked me to send that these supermodels to demonstrate the sleek, stylish Captiva camera. It holds the pictures inside the camera's special pocket till you take them out and put them in a, your pocket. <laughs> My pocket. <laughs> the Polaroid Captiva. Hey, everybody. Matt Marash here for the Film Photography Podcast Midwest Polaroid Party. I'm here with Mr. Bruce Beck. That's correct. Uh, one of the, one of the, uh, the let's see, more, more seasoned film shooters here today, I'm I would older. say. Uh, is this your uh, first experience with Polaroid? I, I know you wanted to come here and just, yeah. hey, what's, this, what's all this about? I saw it on Facebook, and uh, I had a Polaroids back in the 70s. I was born in 61, so I'll be 50 on the 20th of December. Oh, well, this would be perfect uh, 50th birthday present. Yeah. Get a really yeah. retro Polaroid. I'm going to search on eBay and see what I can find. Well, if you, if you don't mind a plastic fantastic one, you can walk away with one tonight. Really? Yeah. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. Sorry. We'll hook you up. Okay. So are, are you a podcast listener for the Film Photography Podcast? 
heard about us? No. Want to hear about us? Yeah, yeah, I am hearing now, so... Oh, yeah. yeah. You're on it right now. Actually, um, I taught English here at the University of Finley. Oh, okay. Years, and I'm going to start seminary in January at Weinbrenner. So I just love... You're going to be around, yeah. I love art and people and creativity, so... That's what, that's what we're all about here, so uh, just shooting fun. film, having yeah. fun. It is. It was fun. I met so many cool people all, from all over the country and Canada. In Canada, yeah. yeah. International representation yeah. today. It's kind of yeah. crazy. So... What do you are you major? What are you majoring in here? Well, I majored I, when I Can was I here. You? No, yeah, it's fine. When I majored here, I was a biology and chemistry major. Really? I guess I kind of still use the chemistry major part of it, but when, yeah, you need it for some of the older stuff. But I just I became a student photographer to kind of like try and pay off those nasty, nasty loans, and I just got hooked. And and yeah, by my senior year, I was like, I was paying, I was spending way too much time in here hanging out with Jeff and everybody else. I completely forgot what I had like come to college for. Yeah, yeah. and, and you found this passion. this was my passion, yeah. film photography. So yeah, you're on the podcast right now. So yeah, wow. yeah, this is this yeah. goes out to about uh, ten thousand listeners. Really? Yeah, worldwide. We wow. have a, a big Hello. worldwide fan base. Hello, yes, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah, so we're that's what we're all about, and we, we promote film photography. We just try to have fun shoot some packed cameras, shoot all these old cameras, kind of repurpose them because, you know, a lot of people don't want to be paying several thousand dollars just to get some, some images that they don't like and have to edit on the computer all day long. And it's just fun hanging out. It's good to see the old stuff, like um, the quality and the craftsmanship and the, 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 the quality. Oh, yeah. Well, when, when you first came in, you are like, isn't it amazing all these cameras still work? Yeah, my camera's almost 100, and it's still shooting like a dream. That's incredible. I'm just amazed. It's like, um, like I have a friend that restores old cars, and like he's working on a new car, a Durango, and he had to take part of the... It takes so many hours just getting to the place where he had to work. And if you have a 60s or 70s car, it's, it's right like there. there's much space, and you can reach in and do what you want. Yeah. These cameras are like that. You don't have to do all the weird stuff. No, I mean, they, they do have their little quirks yeah, and, and yeah. stuff, but that's kind of what makes them unique, too. Yeah. So. I just got the, the flag down. You're also one of Leslie Huntsberger's former students. I am, back in the 1930s. <laughs> the 30s? <laughs> oh. wife by marriage. Um, but at, uh, at the high school, I took a photography class back in the 1980s, I think. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, because I was like 10 then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's like, I was excited when I saw her on Facebook that she was going to be here. Oh, I thought I know her. That's, it's got the Leslie seal of approval. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. Pictures of the 1860s mansion over there that are really cool. Yeah, you were calling those out as we were looking at some of Leslie's manipulations. I've helped, I'm going to help that guy with that endeavor. Very cool. You should take a SX70 like Leslie is and take some shots. I would love to. I can take one. Well, you'd have to ask her. Most okay. of, most of those cameras are hers. Okay. So. This is her her Polaroid thing. Yes. The the. The wall has kind of exploded with... Uh, it looks like Christmas after... The after, after Christmas, after. Yeah. 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 But now we got to clean it up. Well, some yeah, of us not, do. No. So what did you think about like the, the big 8x10 Polaroid? Did you like that? that? incredible. You, you, you said the, the smell was taking you back, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah you, like when you pull that apart and you just smell oh, the chemicals. Good. Yeah. It, take, it takes me back 40 years. It's just, there's something about it. It's a different it's experience. Magic. It's amazing. It's like, you don't do that anymore, like when you take a digital picture. And I love digital photography, but when you take it, you don't smell anything. Like no. This, you, you, can, you can hear the whining of the lever. Yeah. You can smell the chemicals, the processes. Yeah. So it's really, and everybody here is awesome. I mean, you got pictures people from all over the place. Branson, Missouri, Canada, Finley, Lima. Yeah. And it's like we all share this in common. Exactly. It's like a bond. It is an artistic it, bond. 
it's just something fun. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm, how, are you going to do this again, or? Uh, we're, we're, this was the, the very first in a series of experiments to see if we can get some bigger events going, uh, engage some more film photography users. I mean, this is the end of the semester for the university. Oh, you're right. That's right. So this is a very you know this is That's a good right. great turnout considering everybody's gone. You're home. right. Yeah. <laughs> are, are, are finals over or are they they're coming? they're next week? Oh, that looks great, Leslie. It's a oh oh very nice, very nice. Yes, well, uh, Leslie is showing me a, a very cool surprise um, piece of material. It was from a Polaroid we just took, and it's going to be going out to a very special someone before he knows it. So, John Fidelli. <laughs> Whatever, he's not even listening to the podcast, right? Well, hey, Bruce, thank you very much for uh, thank you. Thank you taking for the time. Oh, no problem. This is just a lot of fun. Please do. My name's David Moore. I'm from Niagara-on-the-Lake, Ontario, and I was a student here at the University of Glasgow. Scotland's great, the land, the people, the history. But you don't know how much you miss home until you're away from it. So my roommate James and I decided to create a little piece of Canada. We called our room Caribou House. In fact, it became known as the unofficial Canadian Embassy here on campus. But for some reason, it still didn't feel completely Canadian yet. So I wrote home to Tim Hortons for a little help. You know, there's some things that just say home. Okay. Uh, I hope, I hope, Dan, you don't get upset that um, I switched temporarily from Mr. Brown to Starbucks double oh, shot. I love Starbucks. You know me. Oh yeah. You ever have the double shot Energy Plus coffee? The double shot's really good. Yeah. The, the thing is, uh, they sell them at, like, convenience stores. I want to pick them up at Starbucks. And we have the double stuff. I have the double shot and the double stuff Oreo Cakesters soft snack cakes, courtesy of Alex Laux, who is our special guest again in the studio. Yes. Hey. Yeah, Welcome back, fi- Alex. This hey. is Film Photography Podcast. Uh, Matt just walked in. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, we have Dan Domi filling in for John. Hey. We have Alex. Yo. And I'm really, really happy to introduce Hunter. Hi, Mike. This is Hunter White. Yes. Hunter is a student. Correct. School. School of Visual Arts. School of Visual Arts, also known as SVA. Correct. It's in the Big Apple. Is that right? Oh, really? Nice. It's quite conceivable that Joey K went there. Nice area. Oh. No way. Yeah. Back in the day or now? No, back in the day. Like, back in the day, which to me is like yesterday, but to you it's like five years ago. (laughs) They go by quick. When you're a young student, time is the expansiveness of time is different when you're younger. Exactly. I think it's related to school, you know? It also has to do with the amount of time that you spent on Earth. (laughs) So, you know, your memories are so much. Anyway, we'll talk about that in some other podcast. Yeah. So, hey, welcome everybody. This is uh, uh, this is FPP. I'm riding the mic level, so it's all messed up. It's all my fault. I got five levels to deal with today. Oh my god. Yeah, we oh, have. Sure. Got five faders. We got, we got Matt, Dan, Alex, and Hunter, and me, <laughs> and me. I feel like I sound welcome, like Al Mike. Lewis, my, welcome. Al, Grandpa Al, and me, Grandpa Monster. <laughs> <laughs> This is FPP episode number 52. Wow. Yeah. The first of the year, 2012. Chrome, Chrome show. The Chrome show. Chrome film. Chrome is like, as far as I'm concerned, like unloved. It seems like yeah. it's one of those films that if you're not doing it all the time, you're barely doing it at all. 
E6. Yeah, yeah I think that's it. Pricier. Oh, yeah. The film's pricier and the processing's pricier, but the look of it is fantastic. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. If you're hanging out with Lomography and you're shooting, you know, chrome film, they're like, don't, don't worry. We'll just throw it in the C41 bath. Yeah. It's <laughs> we'll the, cross-process yeah. it. Yeah. Cross we'll talk about that great. as well. So, folks out there listening, this is the uh, podcast, the internet radio show about film, shooting film, loving film. Thinking about shooting film. Thinking about shooting film. A dump on the ditch. A film rules digital drools. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it back to middle school, Mike? Right. Yeah. Elementary school. This is a jam-packed show, so I can't even pause to take a sip of this uh, Mr. Brown replacement. Yeah. It's, uh, what, what, what is that? Mr. Brown replacement. Starbucks double shot. Yeah. It's taller, though. It's a lot more. It's you, a need lot more, more. you need more fluid. Yeah, I definitely need more fluid. We're always chugging so much caffeine. We're <laughs> going to be talking about shooting models. Yes. Shooting models in hot lights. Oh, like, oh, what are you yeah. talking about? We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about chrome film. We're going to talk about shooting in natural light. Yeah. yeah. We're going to nice. be talking about the Nikon FM2. Is that true? Is that the yep. model? Yep. Yeah. FM2, yeah. which is great because we're giving away an FM. Brilliant yeah. cameras. We're going to be talking about co- photochemistry. What? Photochemistry. How does it work? Yeah. Cool. And a lot more. Listener letters. Oh, yeah. Listener letters. Yeah, it's jam-packed. So let's take a quick break, and we're going to come right back. It's as trim as a briefcase and as easy to carry as a portable radio. The perfect way to show and enjoy the color slides you took last summer. It's the new Kodak 300 color slide projector. Not only is it the smartest looking projector you can buy, but the Kodak 300 is a pleasure to use. With easy to reach controls right here on top. And a new Ready-Matic changer, the smoothest and simplest ever designed. Its wide angle lens shows your slides big and bright in full color in any room, large or small. The new Kodak 300 projector in your choice of two color combinations costs just $64.50 or as little as $6.50 down. It's also available with an automatic magazine type changer and because it's made by Kodak, you know it's good. Julie? Now Kodak introduces a new pocket camera that lets you take your pictures two ways. What are you doing here? I want to take your picture. I can't come down. I'm studying. Well, that's okay. I can take it from here. The new Kodak oh. Tele-Instamatic camera has two lenses inside that let you switch from normal, flick of a finger, to telephoto. Julie, for goodness sake. Hold it, Mrs. Wilson. Kodak Tele-Instamatic camera. Less than $36 at your photo dealers. Hey, we're back. Hey, you know, we're doing uh, the big explosion. We haven't talked about it too much. A big explosion of 110 film. Oh, because yeah. FPP has unearthed a massive... Library, massive stockpile of Fujifilm 200 ASA 110 film, cold stored. Ooh, okay. And we're doing a partnership with the Dark Room. The Dark Room is one of the only folks who will scan it. If you're not scanning it yourself, and you you didn't Jimmy rig it in your V700 to scan it (laughs) yourself, or buy the amazing expensive cardboard holder for 110 film, eighty dollar cardboard. Yes, I own it. (laughs) Then you could send your film to the Dark Room. Which is part of Swan Labs, my new buddies, and they offer uh, photo services uh, C41, E6, C41, E6, black and white, 
Tons of stuff. 110, 35 millimeter. Large format? 120. I want to say large format, but I don't have the price. Yeah, check the sheet. Yeah, I check the sheet. Yeah. All right. And uh, a rarity for you folks doing your scans, one of the f- only places I know is that the darkroom will scan your 110 film. Yeah. So hats off to them, and hats off uh, to them for working with us on, on getting 110 film back into the hands of people who want to shoot it. Yes. FPP store, five ninety nine a roll, 24 exposures. It's a good Not price. Fantastic. I think it's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'm very pumped about it. I just wanted to mention that because I'm going to get, we've become drowning in topics. Fortunately, uh, I don't see any Polaroid on this list. <laughs> so, okay. You'll make it. You'll make it. We'll be okay. Take a we'll deep secretly, breath. I, I, secretly, the last few shows, we've been putting you through a little Polaroid detox. Uh. First thing you have to do is admit you have a problem. I almost yeah. spit my coffee out. <laughs> <laughs> no, coffee's the good stuff. But let, you know what? Let's jump into a topic. I do want to talk to Hunter about, like, like who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah. First on the list, why don't we just, like, dive right into it, which was shooting models, which, Dan, you asked about because right. your perception was that, and it's true, mm-hmm. that I've been shooting a lot in the studio mm-hmm. for years. Right. And I use hot lights as opposed to using strobe, which, Alex, you said you use strobe. I use strobe. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Polk used strobe. Does and, he? Yeah, and we used to talk okay. about how it's, whole, it's like a whole different philosophy. I shoot mm-hmm. more like uh, from a filmmaker perspective. Right. Yeah. Like of a hot set. Mm-hmm. Whereas when Dwayne would come in, lots of pops and test shots and Polaroids. He's and got yeah. the knack for it. Now, yeah. I just never explored it, and I ne- never even thought about it, and that's what makes it exciting because there is no one really way to do it. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Now, you're in school, correct? Yes. But you have not taken a, a, a lighting we class yet. We start studio next year. Oh. oh I'm doing all darkroom right. and natural light this year. And right. Studios next year. Well, it's a good place to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. This, is, this is great. Uh, uh, model, model photography is like, uh, it's been talked about in since the early days of FPP, Ooh. and it's never been uh, really explored on the air yet. And we've got... Uh, hot lights perspective, and we've got the uh, the speed light perspective, so we can just have at it now. Uh, yeah. You know what? It's great. You opened it up. Mm-hmm. You did a, a shoot. Thank yeah, I, uh, that was my uh, professor who wanted some uh, publicity type shots. That's for, model photography. Yeah, and I didn't even think of it like that. How, how do you shoot with hot lights? What do you do? Key light, backlight? What are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. All that stuff. That, but uh, since you've already done it, Dan, and I think did it well... What questions um, do you have? You were, uh, we did a uh, lighting setup uh, just a few minutes ago, off the air, of course. Yeah. Where you were uh, measuring the uh, hot lights, and you said, oh, I want the, uh, like, the hair light one stop over, or something like that. Right. I, I don't know what you said. Maybe you can correct me. But, well, um, a lot has to do with, um, and Matt mentioned this uh, off, off air, not about models, but specific about uh, uh, doing a task of shooting somebody, if you shoot a lot without a meter, you just know. After a while. And these are things I'm talking about, concepts that you would think, there's no way in a million years I'm ever going to get this. Mm -hmm. It's repetition. That's all it is. Especially shooting with a a manual camera, be it 120 TLR or 35 millimeter. It's like even the concept of f-stop combined with your shutter speed, even that is a mind blower if you're just starting. Yeah, right. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, it's getting over the hurdles of, of technical things, and you can only do that with practice mm-hmm. and just, like, shoot, shoot, shoot like crazy. 
Yeah, mm, my professor right. tells a story. Like in the second year of college, this was after he, because he went to the same school I did. He went to the same school I did. Um, and the second year, he went in for like an interior job. And the guy sat him down and said, okay, how would you light this and how would you shoot it? And he said, I'll put a light here, a light here, here. I'll put one in the ceiling and I'll do like F-128 for 30 minutes. And he says, are you sure that's the exposure? And he's like, yes, I know my exposures. And he's like, are you really sure? And he's like, yes. And the dude pulled out a light meter and metered it. And it was F-128 at 30 minutes. So This is the professor's talk. T- yes. Yeah. He just knows it. Yeah. Just yeah. knows. It's all about experience. Yep. See, so, uh, yeah, experience in knowing your equipment. Uh, I think I'm going to have to uh, maybe tweak my process a little bit. The the uh, shoot of uh, my professor that I did, I got a general idea of kind of what the why I wanted the light to look like, and I set up two speed lights, one off to the side, one is the main light, you know, through an umbrella and all that stuff. And uh, I was guessing at it. I guessed the power levels, and I shot a digital camera. As sort of like a free Polaroid, Polaroid you wow. know, a test. Absolutely. Excellent, then, yeah. Yeah, and it, I set the ASA of the, the digital camera, or ISO, um, to match the film speed, and it looked pretty good to me. So I said, all right, I'll just keep everything set up as is, uh, and then I'll just switch to my 35mm film camera and shoot slide film as is. Now, your shots are online on Flickr, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. Now, once you shot it and you were done, I'm sorry, did you shoot chrome film? Uh, yeah, I shot a roll of 35mm Agfa Precisa CT, the, their slide, film. the film. slide film. And then I shot on my Hasselblad some shots on Ektar 100. Now, were you surprised that when you got the shots back, like, did you find the background was a little too dark for your taste? Uh, on some of the slide film, some of the shots, it was a little dark. Right. Um, or or uh, I, I set up the lights, and uh, they're speed lights, of course. Those are stationary, and during the process of posing, the subject moves a little bit, so you get all of a sudden some dark shadow zones that you weren't expecting. Yep. That was a little bit too dark for my taste. Did you do any... I'm sorry, did you measure with a meter at all? No, I didn't, actually. Oh. And I, I figured I was going to. You know, I had my Gosselin Luna Pro F with me. You didn't? The F, of course. I, I did have it with me, did, but I but didn't, you didn't use, use it. it. Gosselin Luna Pro F. Yeah. Did you squint? You ever have a professor tell you to squint? No. You What's squint? that? If you squint, okay. you see the lighting from a whole different perspective. Really? You can see like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if you can I like... a teacher. I don't forget, I forget who it was. Yeah. Squint! What? Squint! Okay. Huh, so you see it differently. Right. You're just compressing the range that your eyes yeah. can see, much like yeah, the yeah. viewing filter I was talking about. You also about. have viewing filter you put in front of your eye oh, okay. to see the contrast. Are they colored contrast? or are they neutral density? No, they're colored. One for color, it's one for black a, and white. Yeah. Okay. They're called contrast viewing filters. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. You wear them around your neck. You look like a big shot. Yeah. <laughs> right? Jewelry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you look like, you look, you know, it looks really fancy. It looks like you know what you're doing. I'll go get right. one. Okay. Oh, great. Oh, nice, Matt. I didn't know we had some around. The other thing, of course, always, and this advice I always give people, regardless of whether you're directing something, shooting something, always make, look like you know what you're doing. Exactly. Always. Especially <laughs> if you're working for someone, or someone's paying you. Uh-huh. You want to know. You, you don't. Control. Yeah, you're in. You are. You have to be in control. Oh, right. Hands down. I think a lot of what you're talking about, studio photography, is about zen of what you're doing combined with technical. Nice. Sometimes the technical is not as important. Right. Especially if you're doing it for fun, mm-hmm. which is the best shoots that I've done. Yeah. My current muse is Aaron Russ. 
Okay, yeah. Only because she's uh, the girlfriend of one of my best friends. Yeah. Right. It makes Bill it Hellfire. real easy. Bill yeah. Hellfire, yeah. yes. Okay, uh, I did have two questions. Like, uh, from the lighting setup earlier, some, some general guidelines for setting up, like, the hair light or the key light, what you like to see when you're metering. Do you have, like, a summary of uh, maybe some tips for people who are starting out and uh, metering? Absolutely. Not everyone has access to, to studio hot lights. If you're at a school, right. it's probably like a room with them. Oh, yes. And you'll have like, maybe you'll have like what's known as an Aerie kit, an Aeroflex kit, uh, and you'll have like an Aerie 300, Aerie 650, or Aerie soft lights. I tend not to use soft lights. They're very nice. Okay. Like there's a soft light hanging right there. Oh, right, because the light's bouncing up into yeah, this uh, white about, box yeah. and shooting out. I like light. hard light. So, yeah. but a lot of guys like soft lights. A lot of guys are like, "Oh no, where's the soft box?" Yeah, yeah. Alex likes soft. You can get a Lowell kit. Mm-hmm. They sell a beautiful soft light. Uh, if you go on eBay, you can find a lot of Lowell lights. They sell a, a Lowell uh, D light, which is a thousand watts. But yeah. you can swap the bulb out and put five hundred in. Right. A Lowell uh, Omni light. Mm-hmm. It's a six hundred fifty watt light. Mm-hmm. Now the Lowell lights don't have a. Um, they don't have a face. They don't have a glass in front of the light. Okay. It's bare bulb. Right. It's cheaper. Okay. Are these, uh, are these all expensive systems we're talking about? I don't think they're expensive. I mean, either way, you're going to spend a few hundred bucks here there. Yeah. I suggest picking them up here and there on eBay. Yeah. Or if see, you have access to a school. Yeah. See, see what you can get your hands on at various points right. in time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, they also have Mole Richardson lights. Uh, they have a, a lens in front, a glass in front of the bulb uh, that filters your light. Right. And they make what's known as mini moles. They're like little lights. They're like 100 watt or 250 watt. They're nice, what I call kickers. Okay. Like you light your scene, then like maybe the person you're shooting is wearing something very dark, okay. and you want to bring a light in to highlight a piece of clothing. Bring them off the background. Yeah, right. yeah. And that, that's, so what, that's a, what a kicker is. So it's a small mm. focused light that. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a hard light that's just going to give an edge to something. So like okay. right now, Mike has an edge on him because of the light behind him. He's okay. Backlit. So you're getting he's, that edge he, effect. He's getting an edge. So if you if you were doing a very like just barely enough exposure to get um to get his face right there, his shirt's still a little bit darker than his face, and it might fade off yeah. into the background a little bit. But that light is separating him, giving him mm-hmm. dimensionality, even though he's two D. So what you right. you have to always think of is the lighting is giving you the three dimensional effect. In a 2D image, that's what yeah. it's all for. Absolutely. To, to right. Very nice, p- nicely put. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Nice. I, I might be a natural light guy, but I, I do know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. you know, there are different preferences. For example, some folks don't use a backlight, and you get more mm-hmm. of a Rembrandt. Yes. You know, yeah, his yeah. hair just goes right into the background. Right. I'm more, more like, you know, uh, double indemnity lighting. Double indemnity <laughs> lighting? That's like a, a film from the 50s. Okay. That's more of a noir. Okay. You know, black and white, even though I shoot color, but just right. that... Like the way that you're lit right now, okay. you have a heavy backlight. I love it. Okay. And your I wish I could see it. <laughs> and your backlight is um, two two stops. Two stops over. Yeah. Okay. Over. It's it's kind of all the way on lighting. So yeah. I don't know if you want to fix I'm that. I'm shooting Dan with a Polaroid automatic land Knew camera. Knew it. Couldn't, 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 couldn't oh. hold off. Couldn't hold off. We have uh. an FPP eBay. That's like <laughs> the best kept secret. There's no links from the site. Basically, you know, of the hundreds of cameras I have, the ones that are not on in the store, I'll be like, oh, let me throw this on eBay for like 99 cents. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so you can go up there and... Even if it gets bid up to like twenty bucks, like so what? It's still twenty yeah, bucks for amazing. a land camera. Yeah. yeah, I used to do that a lot, but I would always do it. On okay, the so Mike is uh, oh. framing me. Yeah, so they would go up to like hundred, um, and I'm like, I'd... adjust the exposure accordingly. I'm gonna give it one stop, one well, click. Okay, so he's gonna shoot me one stop on lighten. Ready, Dan? And I'll show mm-hmm. you how over the backlight is. 
Okay. It's not Ooh, bad. Hear that nice double click? Yeah, not bad. Double click. Hopefully it's not too blurry. No, it won't be. But um, this is, uh, so this was to demonstrate the... Uh, backlight. What, what uh, backlight. kind of lighting? Backlight. Yeah, the backlight, but you mentioned the film. Double Indemnity. Oh, Double Indemnity. Oh, right. yeah. All these uh, noir films from the 50s, black and uh-huh. white, this amazing backlight. They're all studio films. Okay. Yeah. And they all have amazing backlight. You right. know what I'm talking about. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I just love it. Right. I can't get enough of backlight. Mm-hmm. The light coming off your shoulder... Yeah. It's yeah. amazing, and if you have a really, if you're working with nice film, let's say you're two stops under, mm-hmm. gorgeous, right? Mm, yeah. So it's so we're talking about the uh, it's it's not necessarily uh, what your exposure is, but the various ratios of stops mm-hmm. in one area to another area. Yes. Yeah. That's and, everything, in the and the <laughs> transition shot. between them, the hard versus soft. That's why high-end digital cameras have. Am I correct in saying a better uh, handles it better? Well, more dynamic have, range. They have well. Or? Yes, but also the fact that they have built-in ratios. So, like, if you have the yeah. the Nikon and Canon systems, they have the speed light sync built into them. Yeah, you can also you can just tell it right there. I want a four to one ratio, and it will do oh. all the setting for you. Yeah. So, in a way, it's more convenient if you know what you're doing. But if you don't know what you're doing, you're not learning anything. Exactly. Yeah. You're just like, oh, I like four to one, but you have no idea what four right. to one is. Right. And even with my digital and uh, shooting models using strobes, I run them manual i mm-hmm. power the manual and set up right and set all the settings that's what i do too i, s- I yeah. set all the powers manually yep. um i have these uh nikon was sb26 or something yeah okay. it's got the digital you just push a button yep. you mm-hmm. know uh it's at full power half power quarter power you yep. know it goes and stops i have uh, an 800 and two 600s okay now, do you, when you're shooting with uh, these strobe lights, do you uh, use a flash meter too to, when you're yes. setting up? Yeah. Okay. I, Speed lights. I'm saying so. Using strobes. Yes. Okay. So these are like the uh, the the Basically, flashes that fit on the hot shoe of the camera. Exactly. Hot shoe. <laughs> strobes. A lot of them have that, but also like big power pack strobes. Yeah, there oh, are true. the yeah. big studio strobes, and then I yeah, use, it is I kind use of speed lights simply because I don't have a studio. Right. So I bring the studio to the clients, or I'm shooting outside with just one strobe light on a stick. Are they all right. wired or using electronic slaves? Um, I use um, Ellen Chrome Skyports uh, okay. radio, radio trigger slaves. I, I like them better than the Pocket Withers because they're dedicated. So I have a dedicated transmitter and dedicated receivers. They have a much lower profile, so I've just put little Velcro and I can stick them on oh, the side. Okay. See, this is great because my confidence is zero. I've never okay. shot with strobes, so well, I wouldn't know the ratio. Like, how do you proof? Do you do a proof before you shoot? You have film? to do a proof. Yeah, Polaroid. Um, digital. Yeah. Nice. The new okay. Polaroid. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, for a lot of film shooters, that's it is. the only reason I have my digital camera anymore is just so I can have something instant. Uh, that's in the same sort of feel as a, a SLR camera. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like my philosophy is uh, the same as yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the professor's uh, shoot that I was able to pack up my lighting bag, you know, so I had stands and umbrellas all in a little bag yep. with uh, three, three of these uh, uh, speed lights. Yep. And then um, I actually do have the pocket lizards back back when I was like digital crazy, <laughs> and I heard those were the best, so I saved up and got some. Yeah, I was able to sort of pack up my studio and bring it to the professor's lab. And you yeah. know, if if he wants publicity shots, then there's no better studio environment than where he's actually working on this equipment that he's trying to show off. Exactly. You know. And I mean, I've shot models in an abandoned paper mill. I've shot them along paths in a 
public park and it just makes it so much portable to use the smaller ones because you aren't lugging around huge battery packs or massive strobes and you need a couple hundred people to carry all your equipment for you. Yeah. Right. And I mean, if you want the big, powerful heads, but you don't want the battery pack, you're going to be paying an arm and a leg because they have monolites now. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And Ellen Chrome's monolites actually work with the Skyport, so you only need one thing. Yeah. And it just is built into the strobe. Oh, my God. So but, much. Uh, yeah. The strobes, the expense. Why not just sit on the couch and watch X Factor instead? It's a lot easier. it's fun. Okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. They're, they're, if, you're, if you haven't done this, it's a lot of hurt. Like, it seems yeah. like they're hurdles. It, oh, it absolutely. Is. Yeah. Always is. But, I mean, if you're, if you're dedicated and you want to start shooting these uh, portraits, then right. uh, there's nothing going to stop you. It's, you, don't, you don't view it as a hurdle. You really you well. You have a learning experience. Yeah, and that's exactly exa- exactly it. I mean, you shouldn't be afraid of making mistakes because you'll make them. I, the very yeah. first shoot I did with strobes, they sucked because I didn't understand. I didn't understand how to um, use the equipment. But right. I took a look back and went, okay, so here were my settings. This is where I went wrong, and I knew to correct myself the next time. Yeah, I mean everything in you know photography is about learning and it seems so daunting at first and then you realize it's not actually as tough as it seems well i think it's a little bit more it seems more daunting because we're talking about shooting portraits but using film yeah and yeah Yeah. matt and alex are shooting weddings on film yeah yeah you have one window of opportunity oh yeah and of Mm -hmm. course my days with john shooting videotape (laughs) yeah yeah we could always we could always chump it yeah oh video would be chumping right I guess. Chomping. <laughs> Roll it back and look right. at your, your tape. Uh-huh. I think that's the biggest hurdle for f- new folks shooting film, the confidence level. Of, it has to be high. Yeah. yeah. You have to have yeah, the confidence always. to um, shoot the portrait. And on yeah. top of that, we're talking technical. We're not even talking about the logistics of dealing with a person. Right. Exactly. That, that was going to lead to the second question I had for you, which is simply, how are you going about uh, finding models to shoot? I mean, I know uh, in the community it seems like the number one site or uh, way to find models is through Model Mayhem, but I haven't had too much luck with that. Are there other places I can turn, or do you just approach people you know, or uh, you walk? You know, you go to always. If you go to Matt, you have your Max Diner. Yeah, you know, you can find people. But generally, generally speaking, um, and this applies to anything you're doing. It's a very Mm -hmm. universal thing, which is a that you have and are showing the confidence with your craft mm-hmm. to the person who's coming in, the, 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 the model. Yeah. Because right. this person is going to be, uh, have, you know, we all sense things. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't know what the F they're doing, the model's going to sense it and feel uncomfortable. Absolutely. Regardless right. of who the model is. When you shot Professor? Yeah. Uh, when you shot the Professor, did, were you, did you have air confidence? Uh, oh, yeah, I did. I had uh, gone in early, actually, to the lab, and I'd set up all my lights so I knew uh, what I was uh, going to be dealing with. Matt, you can't find the bum? Maybe you handed it back. What's that? Oh, here it is. Here's the bum. It's on the show. Okay. Right. Uh, we, we just shot a few seconds, a few minutes ago, uh, uh, Dan with the Polaroid. Uh, with, with the problem with that shot, it, it, you need a flash. Oh, really? Absolutely. Okay. The needs of, it'll pop so much better and still have that amazing backlight. Oh, it will. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with yeah. a little okay. flash. So, so I'm going to do it again. Try it again? Yeah, take a flash. Okay. You asked about uh, confidence yeah. with, uh, with my uh, professor's uh, portrait session. Um, I'd, go- I'd uh, gotten into the lab early so I could set up my lights. So I knew what was going on. I did a little bit of a test shot. So I knew, okay, I can do this. 
and that bumped my confidence up a little bit more. Not that it was low or anything, but um, bumped my confidence up a little bit more. It's something you can't control. I mean, you just know, like, if you're confident, it projects. Yeah. It and, certainly does. Oh, hands and down. if you're not confident, that projects too. Yep. One, two, three. But no, as you were saying about confidence, right. that's always the uh, one thing that I try to portray when I'm shooting weddings. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's really not the bride and groom that right. are the problem because they're the ones that hired you in the first place. So they have confidence in you right. and in your craft because they've seen the work you've done. Yes. It's the, uh, it's the guests. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, they'll, well, they'll try to beat you down, right? Mimic and, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually <laughs> had. Like, really. Everyone's like. Who is a photographer? Like, try to trip you. I've never been tripped, yeah. but no, I no, have get, had a guest ask me to get out of the way so um, yeah. they could get a shot. Yeah, they just get yeah. in your yeah. way. And the problem I, is everybody's a photographer nowadays, or they think Unfortunately, they are. yes. So I basically, yeah. I turned around and said, I'm, I'm sorry, but you can get the shot after I'm done. I'm the official photographer. I'm not Uncle Bob. I, yeah. I put it in the contract so they don't have anybody. Like if, if, they do have, if there is an Uncle Bob, I'll ask them and I'll say, well, you show them the contract just because I don't, I'm yeah. not going to deal with them. I have a cooperation right. clause, so well, they have to. We're put talking about put two different them. animals, though. Yeah, I, I right, right. Event too. photography, events versus uh, model, like studio. Yeah. You don't have to show stuff. your confidence too much in event photography. There's so much going right. on in an event. Yeah, exactly. You can hide if you want. Yeah, <laughs> it's a composure thing, really. Yeah, yeah. shoot, yeah. shoot, wedding on telephoto. Keep your, keep your cool. Lenses. Keep you cool. Don't be disheveled. Get the yeah. job yeah. done. Uh, yeah. But as far as uh, shooting a model, it's a checklist in my mind, and this is from the years of experience watching different people direct. Right. And me watching bad directors. Okay. Oh, yeah. Watching a bad director is like, I cringe for them. It's painful. Yeah. Painful to watch. Very Correct. embarrassing. And there's, it, there's so many parallels. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, so first and foremost, you have to ask your, yourself a question. What is it you're trying to accomplish by, sh- by shooting someone in a studio situation? Uh, yeah. For me, many times, it's just I picked out X amount of cameras, and I'm testing out a film stock or a technique or a camera. Yeah. I'm like, I want to shoot this camera. I've heard amazing things about like the Mamiya C22. Mm-hmm. Right. Or if it were me, it would probably be to both uh, build a portrait portfolio right. and also just to create a visually uh, stimulating art. Right. So uh, None of us can afford, I don't think, yeah. professional models. Yeah. They're very, no. very... I mean, if you hire a professional model, they may make 750 to to $1,000 a day. That's me guessing. At least. That's right. me yeah. guessing. Okay. Like, uh, especially in the city. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we're, we're right now in Butler, New Jersey. <laughs> Not a lot of high-end fashion photography going on. Yeah. But if you hire, like, a fashion professional, someone who works it every day, yeah. I mean, these people have agents. Like, people like April Lee Hutchinson travels the whole world. She was in Paris. She was in L.A. Uh, she was in Texas. She was in Ohio. Uh, I mean, she travels the world as a professional model. And that's I've Paris, seen France, right? Not Paris, Ontario. That's correct. Yeah. Or Paris, Texas. <laughs> and, oh. and I've seen her work as a model. Right. You know, and it's like, you, I'm like, whoa, this you, is real stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, so uh-huh. she, she's a real model. Right. She's on Model Mayhem. So, mm-hmm. but that's where it gets weird because, you, you know, you'll, you'll scroll down. The next model will be like a complete newbie. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, who do, you know, was that PPT, paid for, pay, no pay for trade? Oh, trade for prints or trade for CDs. Yeah. 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 So you have two yeah. different worlds working together, and it's weird. Yeah, I mean, you may Time. get the Sorry. greatest model in the world who just started and is trying to build her portfolio. So right. it's kind of a, you know, you yeah. don't know what you'll get kind of situation. At the, low, at the low experience end of the spectrum, it's kind of a crapshoot. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I've used Model Mayhem, and I'm, I, don't, I don't know if we follow through. I, my job, it was a professional job, 
with the home entertainment company was to shoot a cover box. Okay. So the, the box artwork and the stuff. The box yeah. art. So a girl, we had to hire a girl to hold an axe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, we didn't use, wind up using Model Mayhem because Dwayne knew somebody. Okay. Nice. So, and Dwayne shot a few of these as well. Right. So these are easy because, well, they're easy from the perspective that uh, there's a, a designer, there's an artist working on the box before the model comes in. There's so a preconception of what's going to look like. The shot's done. The shot's yeah. sketched. You just need somebody to fill the hole. Absolutely. You know? right. I did a few because I was anxious to te- test out my roll cord, right. uh, my Yashica A. It just, it's ironic because by the time the art's done and on a DVD box, it looks nothing like my photograph because it went to then a, uh, a Photoshop artist. Right. Yeah. Tweaking right. and cropping it's and all commercial, that stuff. for commercial yeah. purposes. So everything got changed. Sometimes mm-hmm. hair color, eyes <laughs> get changed, the axe blade gets changed, the background right. gets changed. Mm-hmm. So I look at it. I have my shot for my purposes. Great. But yeah. I look at it, I'm thinking, well, this could have been shot on digital. Yeah. yeah. With you know? what they did to it, yeah. Right. What they yeah. did to it. And, in fact, it would be right. easier for them if you shot it on digital. Yeah. And they just take the file. They don't have to bother scanning it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that just popped into my head is maybe uh, if you're just starting out working with uh, uh, models that uh, you're, fi- you're finding, um, maybe you should look for someone who's had a bit more experience so they – uh, it's you're not uh, pitting inexperience with inexperience, and you can't really nail down. That is uh, a slippery slope something. because in that situation, the model will have more experience than you. She'll be frustrated if you don't know what you're She'll doing. She'll be exactly. frustrated by that what you don't know, or the photographer is so not confident, but the model is really cool, so she's right. directing the shoot. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't want that. So, well, my advice would be work up to the studio situation. First right. shoot, go to the park with a reflector. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. And if you can, if you can have a friend, bring an assistant. Right. To help you with a reflector, although you right. can, you can rig it up somehow. You're monkeying yeah. around too much, then. It's, yeah. 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 All the Aaron Russ shots I did in the park on Kodachrome was all right. With the, William the came graveyard with thing. Yes. Yeah. With a reflector. Okay. It's it's great having the freedom to not worry about lights. You worrying yeah. about the sun, what time of day? Right, and the angle of the reflector, but that's about it. But the concentration was on the subject, not on the technicality of the studio lights. Right, minimal equipment, minimal worries on that side. Also, I had a conversation with Aaron because this was for uh, <laughs> Girls and Corpses magazine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What was on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you passed the fire inspection, Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so before you get to your shoot, uh, I mean, very much like anything, even like us preparing these shows. Uh, shows. Uh, you know, be prepared. Always. Right. Do all your research beforehand mm-hmm. so you know what it is you want to do. Yep. For example, since you're working on such a low budget, yeah. all of us, and you're hiring a model that maybe has medium amount of experience and works inexpensively yeah. or to your taste... Right. Things need to be discussed with the model. And if she's new, she's not even going to know this stuff. You're educating her. Things like makeup and wardrobe. Right. Essential. Mm. Most models are expecting you to have a makeup artist there. Most of the time, I ask the model, what, you know, what yeah. kind of clothes do you have? I have this, this. Okay, right. great. Bring this, bring that, bring this. Bring yeah. four changes of clothes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about locations? Just finding them. You need to set those up. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like scouting with a model That's in the car. You. That's no. you. Yeah. all you, not them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go do a, a, a scout before. Yeah. Right. The most important thing is to be prepared so that when the model gets there, she's basically stepping into a setup that you've already preconceived in your mind. Yeah. yeah. You know, and if it's in a studio, 
Prelate it. You hear stories about like high-end celebrity photographers. You only have okay. several minutes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they have some. They yeah. set up all the lights, have them sit in, have a stool, get the lighting all set up, and then celebrity comes in, sits down, take the photo, walks out. That's right. Yeah. 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 Know what you want to achieve, the look, the style, uh, and be confident and direct the model. I've mm-hmm. seen photographers like let the model direct the shoot, right. and I, I try to. Drift you won't. Away. You won't get anything you want that way. It well, will be, no. it'll be. But that's the point. You have to know what you want. What is the purpose? What is the purpose mm-hmm. of your shoot? What is it you you want to accomplish? A lot of the Flickr photographers, I like their work. I think I think it's really wonderful. Uh, there are quite a few uh, folks shooting models, both male and female. Mm-hmm. People yep. like April Lee that she shoots. Right, Nick Leonard. Nick Leonard. Yeah. Nick goes for that whole abandoned hotel room, yeah. sleazy yeah. La- Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so, also does does good signage shots Sign- yeah. oh yes yeah. he does yeah i, I oh, love las vegas i love both have. of those uh, genres that he does don't leave uh like business don't don't leave it nebulous when i say business two things a what you're paying the model and b the talent release yeah yes yeah like that's business people feel funny about business mm-hmm. there's no way to feel funny about it it's like me asking you guys to sign a release yeah. it's like yeah. i i just have to get it done and that is the probably the number one neglected area it should be like a big buzzer yeah people shooting without getting releases Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a no-no. If you're shooting in public, fine. If you're shooting your family Christmas, fine. Yeah. You know, if you're shooting and you're paying someone, get uh, the release. Get the release because it's conceivable that you may not be able to use your own work. Mm-hmm. If if it's someone like you, the professor hiring you, that's different. They hired yeah. you. Right. And whatever arrangement you have with them, yeah. uh, I mean, put that on the table too. Right. Hey, these are your photos. Can I use them for my portfolio? Right. And and I had sent him an email outlining you know my position like look I'm gonna be able to use these you know so I can promote myself for future right. work, and that this email is sort of like our kind of right. sort of contract. Yeah. You know. uh, a lot of publications, uh, online zines, uh, limited print zines. There a lot are skating. When I say they're skating, I mean they're not doing it. They're not. Doing I've it. been asked to contribute stuff. I haven't haven't been asked once mm-hmm. to, for a release. And you know what? That puts the power. Or even to sign a contract. That puts the power in my hands yeah. to yeah. shut them down whenever I want. Oh, yeah, absolutely. If I change my mind tomorrow and I'm like, you know what? Screw film photography. I'm going all digital. I want all my film removed. Uh-huh. I have to just call them up. Like, dude, you have to take my stuff down. And they yeah, have Because to. they have no paperwork. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You, you sign nothing. So you Protect no obligation. yourself. Yeah, even yeah. some people say, even if you're like doing street photos or street portraits, get a model release anyway because... They told a story. One of my teachers. This told I like a, to hear about because I've never done this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, one of my teachers told a story about she had a student who went around and did these portraits of doormen at night. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they were really good. And then someone wanted to use them for commercial ads, and so oh, he had to no. go around to every single place that he went before, try and find the doorman. And it it's, took it's him impossible. Like, yeah, yeah, it oh, took yeah. him like six months to find these people. Right. And they signed the release. Yeah. See, usually, usually when people hear there's there's something behind it and you haven't done it right away, yeah. then they assume where's where's my money. Yeah. That's an excellent topic because now you're taking casual street photography or a project, right. and then someone approaches you and they want to go, you to go commercial with it. Yeah, yeah. I I do uh, street photography myself. I I never get releases. I'm walking past people and snapping the shutter. You yeah, know, and moving on. Uh, not stopping, and you know, as far as I know, I, that I'm entitled to like make. Uh, maybe book projects yeah. or exhibit it as artwork. Yeah, it's, but yes. I cannot. I, you can't put it on like a billboard. Right, you know, that would no. be commercial. Yeah, the yeah. rule is any essentially fine art stuff. Yes. you yeah. can. You don't need a. As right. long as you're in a public space. Like yeah, a exactly. Public park well, or on the street. Yeah, you can't. The laws are in the photographer's favor. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
And we had a did we have a book, a legal book a while back? Yeah. Oh yes. yeah, the the for book on, on legalities and contracts. Yeah. And these are things that are unavoidable. Very overlooked. If, if you want to be a professional, yeah. Yeah. it's very, very, very important. Everyone just forgets about it. Yeah, and they're not even that hard to find. Like, it, you think yeah. model release, it's a big legal thing. You can thing. Google it. No. Yeah, Google it. I mean, exactly. people yeah. say go to, like, iStock Photo and print off their model release and use that and replace iStock with You could whatever. write it yourself yeah. if need be. You just I've need my own, permission yeah. to, to use the image in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. 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 And if there's hesitation on the model's part, then that person is not professional. Right. Or they don't trust what you're doing. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Get it in writing and get it all up front before the model arrives at your studio of what it is you're shooting, what you expect that person to wear, what's going on with the makeup, any props involved, how much time you anticipate. Yep. Some models work by the hour. Yeah. Yeah. But you may be able to work a rate saying, listen, can I pay you X? Yeah. And negotiate. Yeah, yeah negotiate. Yeah. And of course, your work stands for itself. Right. Yes. And once you have mm-hmm. work under your belt, then it's like easy. And oh, then yeah. if you work with a model, that model is the A number one calling card to yeah. recommend you for other models. Absolutely. Nice. Yeah. Number one. <laughs> number, number one. one. <laughs> number one. And I, this may sound funny. You guys may laugh. But it's not. model mayhem and model sites, they're not dating sites. No. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm being dead serious. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about, seriously, guys, girls, whatever. It's like. It just doesn't work that way. There's only one yeah. way to be professional. It's business. Yeah. It's Absolutely. only one way to be. There's no other way to be. Yep. Yeah. You keep it business, business, and you mm-hmm. keep your personal life out of it. It Absolutely. was kind of like uh, when Dwayne was talking about Peter Galland, and yes. uh, he had his uh, studio in his house. Yes. And then there was that door. On one side, there was a studio. On the other side was his, his house, life. His life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So there's a strict uh, uh, right. demarcation. If you're shooting models, if you're shooting bikini models, like many times the the, sh- the shoots that I've shot, I, I had Paige Davis do makeup. Right. And so if you have someone assisting you, and if you're shooting a, a woman – if you have a female makeup artist, it, it, first time eases things up. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's very important to, to mention that a makeup artist is not a great, it's not a, it's not a big deal in the sense that if you go on Model Mayhem, you'll find good makeup artists mm-hmm. that work very inexpensively because they're looking for the same thing that you're looking for. Experience. Experience and a portfolio. Absolutely. And that's a beautiful combination. Because you're getting something, the makeup artist is getting something, and many times the models themselves, some will work for free because they're just looking for something. Oh, absolutely. And I don't spend a lot of time on Model Mayhem, but I've seen their boards, models complaining about they never get their their prints, they don't get what they're – like the, all that, that's not even a subject to discuss. Right. If that's going on, stop the complaining, move on, don't use that person. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And, you know, don't recommend them or yeah, – Yeah, no. or don't do anything. You right, know, exactly. If you follow those basics, I, I think you're gold. Oh, You absolutely. really are. You're gold. Just, just be professional, have your release, know what you want, and deliver what you say you're going to deliver. Always. Yeah. Yep. So. Well, this is a good discussion. Yeah. 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 Under promise, over deliver. As absolutely. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, nice. absolutely. What do we leave out? That's it. I'm going to shoot you guys with two lights. Oh, yeah? When okay. I do the 8x10. Okay. We'll I, like, nice. I like clamshell lighting. Oh, okay. Tell me, clamshell lighting. Clamshell lighting. Which it's one's the, that? It's where you have a. It's where you have a. One your, from your, top, your, your, one key, from below. your key lights top, and then you usually have a reflector below, so you have oh, the one okay. to two. Can't call it yeah. taco lighting. 
<laughs> I don't like tacos. Okay. I like clamshell. It sounds classier. And then I'm going to put a kicker, uh, a kicker on the side. This will make a nice natural transition into shooting in natural light. Oh, hey. Yeah. Which, my, my arena. <laughs> which I, I, I tell you, I've been inspired by Matt. Yeah. You know, especially that one shot of the old-timey waitress at Max Diner. Oh, yeah? All of a sudden, you know, uh, Matt was shooting 1600 ASA on, on 400-speed film. 3200. Uh, 3200. Nice. Yeah. You know, like, you know. I shot, the, I shot the kitchen guy at 6400 on portrait. The kitchen guy. <laughs> Next thing you know, there I am, Max Diner, every day. I got my Olympus Trip 35 loaded with 800-speed film, shooting at 140th of a second at f2.8. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. So Let's I ditched the flash. There, there's so many beautiful things to do with natural light. Oh, absolutely. There are, and a lot of the time, um, I would say if you're going into an area where you're not, you're not sure what you want, but you, you have a general idea, the first thing you should ask yourself is, can I do this with what's there? Because a lot of times yeah. you're not going to have the equipment on you. You don't have the, the budget for it. You're just walking around. Like when I do my barbershops, mm-hmm. you, have, you just have to make it work. Mm-hmm. You have to know what your area is capable of without, with or without equipment. And just, you know, if you have a creative idea, can I do this with, with the equipment? And how can I manipulate the light and the scene to, to work? And usually you can make it work. You just have to think about it and... Just move things around, move people around. You know, I'm often yeah. taking people that are nowhere near professional models. They have no idea. But I like it because if you, if you get a friendly rapport with them off the bat, you can, you can get personality from them while still controlling what they're doing. Oh, which absolutely. Is, that's what I love. And shooting with natural light is something I do when I'm in my various abandoned buildings because... That's it, yeah. yeah. That's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's through... Uh, dirty glass or that green industrial mm-hmm. industrial look and it produces gorgeous colors gorgeous results are, are you guys scoping out the sun are you guys driving by uh, like oh i like to shoot that and you're kind of scoping out when the sun is the best if it's nearby but if, uh, otherwise it's reactive it's just you like yeah. stop like, like yeah. stop your car and like well the barbershops yeah that's how i've been doing it most of the time like the lights coming in through here a lot of a lot of those guys are smart they built they have their buildings north facing so there's good north light right. coming in nice. the afternoon yeah. Yeah. now what about reflectors i don't we don't hear a lot of chat about using reflectors i, I use them have i have one, one in my trunk you all do? The, all the time 50 inch reflector yeah, 50? It's one of the round ones that okay. pops out. Yeah, the one uh, Tom and Chris. When I shot yeah, the picture yeah. of, of Chris, in I Ohio. had Tom holding it. Yeah. yeah, it makes the difference between oh yeah, usable and not usable. Yeah, absolutely. Fill instead. It's and it's just instead of fill flash most of the mm. time you use it for. Right. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're gonna take a quick break. All right, we great. come back. We're gonna be talking to Hunter White. Yeah. Hey. Yes. Enjoy your color slides as never before with new Perutz color film. Brilliant natural colors, wide exposure latitude. Yes, now with new exclusive plastic mounts for better slide projection. Perutz, now processed faster than any other film. Perutz. Hey. Hey, everybody. It's Mike Rosso here in the Film Photography Project Studio. Shh. Don't tell anyone about the website filmphotographypodcast.com and don't tell anyone about the store because shh, it's all nice and quiet right now only the podcast listeners have been coming to the store it's nice and quiet you could shop you could send me an email you could buy a polaroid automatic land camera you could peruse the various blogs on the site you could check out the videos on the site but we don't want a lot of people in there so 
us that said, shh, now back to the show. What show? Hey, we're back. Wow, you know, Hunter, you've been, like, you really throwing out some good tips there. Yeah. Yes. I don't know anything nice about S- SVA. It's a School of Visual Arts, New York City. Yes. What year are you in? I am freshman year. Now, did you know uh, stuff about photography before you went to school? Yes, a pretty good amount. And where were you? From the South? It, yeah, yes. And you were listening to FPP? Why, yes, I was. Oh. Wait, where are you from? Atlanta, originally. Oh, Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. You ever go to KEH? Yes. <laughs> okay. What's that? It's the uh, in used Smyrna, camera. Georgia. Smart, yeah. The big uh, used camera store. Now, are you Brilliant in New York? Other, other yeah. students, are you like turning as many people on to film as possible? Well, actually, we haven't shot digital for class once all year. Nice. Yeah. Really? Yep. Awesome. Every week been, we've been shooting at least one roll and making at least one print. One perfect. Nice. Are good. people from okay. all over the world in your class? Yes. Okay. That's amazing. Not in my class specifically, but in on my floor, there's people from Korea. Um, one of my good nice. friends is from Ghana. Yeah. Nice. Probably a lot of characters. Oh yes. Yeah. It's great. Like the Beta Bach class yeah. was international. Oh okay. Yeah. Shiny. Yes. Do, you, uh, do you find a lot of people are really uh, enchanted by film, or they just have to do it, so, eh, okay, I'll put up with it? I feel like I like film more than most people. Okay. So, like, some people don't like it at all. and all are right. get, Well, they liked it at the beginning, and now they're getting sick of printing in the darkroom. Hmm. It, it takes a long time to get a good... You might get sick of, like, any routine, though. Like, you have to make one print a week. Yeah. You know, just, just because you have to do it yeah. might be uh, part of the reason why. Yeah, and I also it. don't think they don't like the critiques because our oh, yeah. is pretty tough. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, it, it'll take 14 sheets of paper to make a print she likes. So. <laughs> you hear the Southern come through every few words. A little bit. Yeah. Well, I say the Southern Now, are you suppressing through. the Southern? A little bit. You really are? A little bit. That's interesting. So you you have these classes all with film shooters. Yeah, that's incredible. I would have never thought it. That's a lot great. of this is a magical nice place. A lot of schools well, are dropping it. This may be the last year we have our color processing. Oh, oh no! You got to start oh. a campaign, get some signs going. I know. Now, when you say color processing, you also mean RA four, like the print. Yeah, uh, color like print. Oh wow! Like we, they don't develop color. Okay. In house, they okay. we have to get it. You print it. Yeah. Okay. And next semester we start color. Nice. Oh. This semester's black and white. Now, what do the powers that be at the school think of the whole Lomo thing? I don't know. Some people like it. I, the people who like it are just hipsters. Okay. So, are you a hipster? Uh, no. Okay. I'm just really? I hope not. There's no tape on his glasses. Okay. No. <sighs> you may be put into the character the category. Do you have yeah. na- Do you have narrow bottom pants? Oh. No, I don't. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're okay. not. They're 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 slim. They're not skinny. Right. Yeah. Now, do you have like a posse, a gang you hang out with? A couple. Like I'm, I'm a floater. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Nice. Yeah. 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 So, okay. What's your What's your go-to camera? Uh, it used to be just 35 millimeter. Just right. I used the one Mike sent me, the Konica Auto Reflex TC, and then a okay. Shinon CS, just because it's. I feel okay. like if I drop it, I won't break it. <laughs> right. But, I, I shot. I rented a Hasselblad from the school, and yeah. I have never gone back. <gasps> oh, okay. Is so this is a long-term rental. Yeah, Hasselblad. Well, I, I go every week awesome. and I rent it. Okay. So I rented it this morning for the I weekend. Have a, I have a Kiev meter, which is like the knockoff brand. And it's, it's, it was 50 bucks, but You look down or look through? Look through, look through. in the back. Yeah. I, I have a waist-level finder for Is this. it hard to hold? Like, is it awkward? No, no, like, I thought balanced. it would be. Yeah. yeah. Give it a hold. Yeah. yeah. Come on, Mike. Really light. Take the lens cap off. Oh, yeah. yeah. Personally, I like looking down on the waist-level. Yeah. Are you afraid of getting beat up and stolen? No. Oh, because no one will want it. Right. It's film. People who will... 
yeah, you know, attack me. I walked around this. Oh, my God. It's a yeah. bright viewfinder. Check it out. I walked around the uh, yeah, probably have to the streets it. of New York City with my Rolleiflex out uh-huh. in full view, and uh, <gasps> most of the time Holy people shit. just... <laughs> look, look what you're missing, Mike. On the subject yeah. of Flash, though, what's nice about those is you can sync it one five hundredth. It's all like nice. a 3D movie. Yeah. yeah. Have you, have, have you uh, looked through mine before? No. Okay, you got... What, are you trying to say yours is better? No, I want to see the difference. I haven't looked through Unbelievable. the... Unbelievable. Yeah, I haven't looked through the prism yet. It's a, it's oh, a let me see, let me see. Trip. Yeah. Nice. This is a wider lens, I think, Dan. Oh, what is this? What is this? 80. No, they're, no, both I got 80. they're the same. Yeah. It's the uh, standard. It's, just, it's a little bit smaller uh, area, yeah. I see. Yeah. Are you, are you seeing things bigger in that eyepiece than this? No, it's it's the same uh, framing, but the square itself is smaller. Yes. And that's the so. 500 cm? Uh, that's 501, this, I think. Oh, this is a 501 cm. Well, that's are, the 500 cm. Yeah, like last week I drew the 503, and the week before that. I don't know what the difference is. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Both cubes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Now this is oh this is a rental. Oh yes. Yes. And you're saving your money to possibly get one someday? Possibly. I'm thinking about shooting large format in a couple weeks because they have those. Oh, okay. Yeah, They're yeah. fun. Yep. What uh what, what's the like what what does it cost to buy one, Matt? Uh the bodies go for just like just the cube, no lens, no viewfinder, anything. Th- those bodies go anywhere from uh, 150 to 400. Yeah, yeah. And then the lenses are another 200. The backs are 75 to 100. You can get a real piece of shit one for like 25. Yeah. <laughs> and then the waist level finders are usually come with it. The, those metered finders can go up to 500. dollars Yeah. yeah. There is you can a, usually you can find have, good deals on an entire kit that'll give you a waist level finder. The 80 650, millimeter. 700. Yeah. yeah. Something, like, something like this. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I, KEH. I bought, definitely keep an eye on KEH, oh yeah, KEH. and Adorama. And B and H. Six hundred on the bay is what I found one of these for. I yep. got this from K. Six hundred dollars. Six hundred bucks. Not with lens. Yeah, with lens. With lens. Nice. Yeah. With finder. Like a with kit. Like yeah, someone. You just gotta like yeah. stock the auctions. Oh yeah. Because sometimes got, sometimes they go high, sometimes they don't. I got everything I'm holding in my hand right now from K. E. H. For about eight hundred, nice fifty. Now here's the best yeah. kept secret, Mike. Ooh. All right, those are the CMs. Yep. Those, and the five. Anything CM you can lock up the mirror. If you don't need that, you don't care about the mirror slap. You know, you're not doing super, super technical stuff. You want to do the handheld like I do. Yeah. The 500 Cs, I bought my kit for 450 with two backs. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and then there are a whole bunch of different backs that you can get. And, you you know, know. Who's doing your scans? I, I'm, I've moved all my digital stuff off of Flickr pretty much. Why? And I'm, I don't know. There's a site called 500px. Oh, that's yeah. a See, great the one site. I was telling that's you about. A, it's really nice. 500px is actually a Toronto startup from uh, Ryerson, which is another university, and they were at PDN, and they were at the Henry Show also. Yeah. What do you do? You sign up and put your pictures up there? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, the thing I like about Flickr is there's, it has groups, and it's more social. social yeah. 500px really isn't that social. It's more portfolio it's presentation. Right. Yeah. You keep to yourself. Yeah. yeah. So and so also... They put a limit on the number of photos you can upload every week. You got yeah. twenty photos, so they put your best. Yeah, they exactly. Say, yeah. And, and I'm on five hundred px. And it's intimidating. They're really good stuff. There's some really oh, amazing there is some stuff fantastic work on five hundred px. Absolutely, yeah. and it does so, force you to choose your best stuff. I'll yeah, upload everything. A pile of yeah. stuff onto Flickr just so that I can show everybody. But for five hundred px. Maybe one, maybe two. But yeah, I want to start scanning soon. They have the V700s. They have drum scanners. At the school? Oh, yeah. Nice. Drum scanners. They got like 50 V700s. They have, yeah. 
it's really nice. And then they well, have, imagine that a room yeah. of fifty VCs. Just the whole room is like. Zzz. Yeah, there's two lab <laughs> or two or three labs right next to each other, and they're big format printers and wow. labs. And nice. It's mm. really really awesome. That's remarkable. Wow. Yeah, amazing. Crazy. Big. Quick question, unrelated. This Nikon mm. FM. Why is the one twenty fifth of a second lit up in red? That's the flash sync. Yeah. 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 Why? Why one twenty five on Nikon's? Uh, Mine well, on the FM two, it's um, one two fifty. Yeah, same here. Why? It's just whatever they're they better capable of at the time. Shoot, yeah. These will sync at one five hundredth or higher. Yeah, those are leaf shutters. Yeah. in there, yeah, so really you nice. can sync at everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It's time for a break. Hey, this is Michael Rosso. Did you know that the Film Photography Podcast is listener-supported? That's right. Without you, there is no Film Photography Podcast, which is why we need your help. Please consider donating to the Film Photography Podcast by going to filmphotographypodcast.com and in the upper right-hand corner, clicking the Donate button. Your donation will keep the Film Photography Podcast running through 2012. Any purchase that you make in the Film Photography Podcast store will also support the Film Photography Podcast. Let's keep these shoes coming. That's right, yeah. Support the Film Photography Podcast. Yeah. Hey, we're back. Hey. Boy, this is an action-packed show. We haven't yeah. started talking about Chrome yet. Yeah. yeah. We should the probably, E6. Yeah, we should probably talk about some Chrome film. Oh, yeah. 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 Matt, what that. is Chrome film? Chrome film is a positive film, so whatever... Whatever you're shooting, you're not going to, when you process it, it's a reversal process. So what it's going to do is produce a positive image. Slide. Yeah, slot or a slide. Yeah. Something with Transparency. You can put it on your, your white table, your light, white table, light table, and you can view the positive image so you don't have to guess if it's going to be good. You can see it, put a loop on it, and, oh, that's a good image. People call a slide, and traditional American families would shoot the film so that they could display them in their living room yep. through a slide projector. Through, like their carousel, yeah. A through carousel. a carousel. As advertised on Mad Men. Yeah. Yes. That was yeah. so good. That was brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. that was really the real purpose for slide film for consumers, correct? Yeah, home projection. Home projection. Yeah. Well, and, and commercial, like trade shows and stuff, art, art reproductions and cataloging. There, there actually used to be an era when you couldn't use PowerPoint for presentations. I know, it's Mad Men. So you used, yeah. Slide um, film. Where yeah. was I? The old Sykes Datatronics building in Rochester, I found, a, I found a stash of slides that were just that, and they had all the little bullet points. So I mm-hmm. went up and I showed them. It's like, hey, look, it's PowerPoint. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So. And, and like uh, Kodachrome, Chrome's in the name. Oh, you yeah. Know? So I'm, I'm curious, though, as to why Chrome is uh, the term for slides. Is there some chrome in the processing somewhere? In the original, in the original positive process, yes. Okay. The, and that was, a, that was actually a dusting-on process. It's for glass plates, what, what you do on the plate is you would, you would dust on, um, I think it was a, a chromium, a, okay. a sensitized chromium onto a glass plate, and it's an impossibly hard process. 
Sorry. But those, those old processes are like ridiculous. But those were the some of the very first color processes. So this is back uh, right after like daguerreotypes and stuff. Um, the first color, uh, the first color plates processing. Uh, you might want to help me out there if you have a history class. Color, like the trichrome stuff. No, or, not or not, tri-color? No, not trichromy. No, the first single plate chrome process. I believe it dates back to the nineteen uh, teens or twenties. Yeah, because right sense. after that, I mean, Kodak was on it very, very yeah. quickly, yeah. and they had they were testing Kodachrome in twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you've seen that yeah. uh, the video. The video. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. They, they were very much on on that research, and yeah. it's really funny if you look at the old. I can't even stand the old single single glass plate um, okay. color processes. I can't even remember the name of the the process. There is a guy, a gentleman overseas. He does that process. It it's very grainy because the the colors, individual colors, are very are dusted on. Right. So mm-hmm. it's very grindy, and it looks like a bad HDR. <laughs> it's it's very the the tones are very metaled out. Okay. And it. It just looks like crap because we've seen so much HDR. So chrome film these days, except for you know lamography shooting it to cross process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This seems to be like a lot of people shooting the large Sardinia, the LC wide, LC wide. Thank yeah. you, the LC wide. They're always popping chrome in, chrome film in, but very yeah. much like guys like Dane. I don't know if people are understanding exactly what's happening, like the fact that it, that you can process an E six. And actually get chrome, get slides. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I feel that the film stock, which is why I want to talk about it, is very unloved. It's mm. it's not getting as much near as much as it was because it used to be the uh, you know this is coming from my experience talking to Jeff and everything about right. it. My professor that was the industry standard. You were a pro if you did everything four by five chrome, and right. that was yeah. how you sold it. Like everything's done on chrome, processed it same day or next day if you had a Kodak lab near where you lived. That that's just what they did. They did it on chrome. They they Polaroid it and then they. You know, just do the four or five, flip it around, and then do mm-hmm. a clip test with the first sheet. And then, yeah. you know, everything was super – it was a, a sign of your consistency too because the, the range of your chrome mm-hmm. is yeah. about that of your, your, digital, your yeah. digital images, a uh, much compressed tonal range compared to your black and white. And the, rain, the range of acceptable exposures on it is much, much less. It's, it's way pickier about um, over and under exposure yes. than yeah. your um, – your think, color negative film. I think like it's about five stops. stops. Yeah, five stops. Five, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Way more if you have a compensating developer. Yeah. 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 Essentially what we're saying is from the blackest shadows to the blown out highlights, that whole range it's is smaller. five stops worth of light. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think Kodachrome was even narrower. Yes. Um, yeah. That's one thing that's You had to get it right. It. And it was much, you know, easier. I think to blow it's a great out. training ground because you're, oh, yeah. you're, everything's so much narrower. You see, that's why I always use uh, Chrome films when I get a new camera in. Right. I'll test it on Chrome film just so that I know that the meter is spot on. Yeah, that's a good test. Chrome, Chrome can tell yeah. you if your meter's doing good or not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of meters, uh, this is one of my new toys. This is a, oh. a uh, Minolta Spot Meter F. That's the Fidelity nice. meter. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, you can meter something and hit uh, the shadow button or the uh, the highlight button. Place your values, know your range. Yeah. So yeah. meter a shadow and hit shadow button or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the calculations that this guy does, it'll bump it down i think 2.3 stops mm-hmm. or for a shadow reading and up uh 2.7 stops for a highlight reading and that's like the range of chrome film so this was designed to meter and place uh your values for chrome exposure and it'll give you your, your exposure people, for your zone five people so. like john awesome. Fidelli 
or other people I know, just use that. They don't even bother metering any other way. Yeah, they I kind of like, I kind of like the incident meter because you know that's sort of like the uh, it, it would reproduce middle gray. Yeah, you know, yeah. spot yeah. on. So well, incident's nice because you don't have to compensate for it being zone five if you meter a yeah. black thing. Let's give away some chrome film. Oh, Let's yeah. do it. Oh, we have plenty awesome. of chrome film. Plenty of chrome Crazy film. stuff, too. Let's give some chrome film away. It's just lying around. The, the lack of love for chrome film was apparent to me when I organized the FPP giveaway film. Yeah. And it's like uh, hardly any color print film except for Walgreens film, of course. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. And a little bit of infrared, some tungsten, some 220 film, some black and white. No color print except for the W film, Walgreens. Right. And then right. a huge box of chrome. Yeah. And it's like people cleaning out their freezers and donating it because they're not shooting chrome. Really? I just shot the last I, of my 8x10 chrome. Oh, my God. I was wow. so oh, shoot chrome. 8x10 chrome. chrome is nice. I see oh. so. you process it yourself? I process it myself. Beautiful. It's like, how do you process it? Arista E6 kits, three bath. Yeah. They uh-huh. look just as good. Nice. Yep. Yeah, let's give away some chrome film. That's accessible on the uh, website, uh, filmphotographyproject.com. There's a giveaway. Uh, tab. It's yeah. not a button. It's actually a tab. I think if you, you win, we're going to pick a few winners, and we're going to give a few rolls, an assortment. Yeah. We'll give oh, you some yeah. Vel- I was going to say, because we have a lot yeah. of different stuff. Velvia 50 yeah. we have. Oh, Velvia 50 is my personal favorite. Yeah, Ectochrome 100. That's my mm-hmm. favorite. We have. Yeah. Uh, um, Ectochrome, I go for the E100G. Yeah, okay. the G is That the is good stuff. fantastic. And I like again, the VS, too. That's yeah. really nice. That yeah. is like the and dog pound department. <laughs> Get like Ectochrome sure. 400 HC, which I'm testing right now. Okay, it's probably fine. Do you have, any, do you have any of the the tungsten chrome? That's my favorite. Oh, the I, have, I, have, I have some. That was what I shot eight by ten. The Ectochrome 64T. 64T. Oh, that's a, that and the uh, they they made a Ectochrome 64. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. rare. I yeah no. tungsten balance. Well, they made an Ectochrome 64 that was daylight balanced. Also, I have oh, a few really? rolls in uh, 120 kicking around. Must be older than yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. It's older and. Has blue shifted, but still. Yeah, Absolutely I got fantastic. I got some 120 uh, tungsten balanced Kodak, but uh, it's all 120. I, I wanted some 35 too. I don't know why that the uh, the if you wanted something tungsten balanced, it's all it's all chrome, it's yeah. all E6 uh, stuff. There actually is color print tungsten balance. Yeah, really, yes. I've never seen it. I've I had one or two roll in my fridge. Yeah, okay. Because because the guys it. the guys that were using hot lights were the profession the working stiffs. You know, they yeah. were just okay, running yeah. it through. So people who actually know about like tungsten correction and stuff, they're just going to shoot chrome anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, tungsten. Well, uh, first of all, I should tell folks out there, tungsten film, of course, is. Do we mention it's 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 balanced for yes. indoor lights? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. So so if you ever shoot a normal roll of film, quote unquote, and you notice everything's coming out orange because you're uh, shooting on lamps indoors, yep. you know it's that's uh, because it's got a lower color temperature. Yeah. Um, so tungsten film corrects for that so, and shifts yeah. everything back to white instead of orange. So pick up a roll of tungsten film. Yeah. It, if you like, I think uh, Fuji sixty four was like the last film that was balanced for tungsten, and yep. they just discontinued it. Yeah, Lomography bought up a whole bunch of it. They're selling okay. that. Yeah. One workaround uh, that you have, they they make uh, filters called yes, ADA. Yes. ADA filters will do roughly the same thing. You for, nice. for your flash. Uh, for for your lens, for your lens, but you lose yeah. a stop, like half a stop. Yeah. yeah so so uh, you you lose a little bit of light. 
And I think if you're really nitpicky, maybe your blues are a little uh, hotter. Okay, So if you've got like a Portra or something and you're in an orange environment, you slap an ADA filter on your lens, it balances back to white. Yeah, Yeah. it's all colors. Or or if you're in the daylight, it shifts things to blue. You know know how you like to shoot uh, uh, certain people. Uh, towards dusk yep. and really shift uh, the background to blue and you have an orange flash on them. Yes. You, yep. you mentioned that technique. Absolutely. Yeah. So you can do the same thing if you don't have tungsten film uh, just by using this filter. It can get a little confusing. It can be, but, I mean, you, you pick it up, you read a Google page or two. The Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. The Google. Hey, we're gonna give we're giving away a Nikon uh, FM camera on this show, and we're gonna talk about Alex is gonna talk about his Nikon FM2. We're gonna take a quick break and come back. Hey, it's Mike Rosso. I'm here in the FPP studio with Matt and John. Hey. I'm here to talk about the Film Photography Store. That's right, Film Photography Podcast. We have our own store, filmphotographystore.com. And if you have been thinking about getting a Polaroid camera, whether it's a Polaroid Pack camera, like the Color Pack 2, or the Polaroid 420 camera, that's Matt's camera. Oh, yeah, it's a great camera. Or maybe you want a Polaroid one-step close-up camera, a Polaroid impulse camera. Maybe you need some FP100C. Maybe you need some the elusive FP100B. Oh. Maybe you need some expired Polaroid, Polaroid Polo 108 film. I think I might. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com help support the guys at FPP to keep these shoes coming your way. Yes. Filmphotographystore.com, thank you very much. Now get over there. Mm. That's right, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Old-fashioned Christmas holidays must have been wonderful. What a shame that the fun of those days couldn't have been captured in wonderful pictures like this. Well, today, thanks to the magic of flash photography, the high moments of your holiday fun can be preserved in pictures. And because of Sylvania Bantam 8 flash bulbs, you see, these tiny little Bantam 8s give you just the right light for your film. Not too little and not too much, but just right for wonderful, lifelike pictures. And you can get 12 of these tiny Bantam 8s in one of these handy black and yellow cartons and still save money. Bantam 8s cost less than the bigger bulbs, and yet they give you the same surefire dependability of all Sylvania Blue Dot flash bulbs. So visit your nearest photo counter very soon and pick up several cartons of Bantam 8s so that you'll be sure to be ready for those Christmas picture opportunities and also get several packs as gifts for photo fans. Bantam 8s work equally well with expensive or inexpensive cameras, and they fit any flash attachment that takes a midget bulb. Hey, we're back, hey. and we're going to be talking about a giveaway camera, a Nikon FM. Uh, before we do that, let's talk to Alex about his Nikon FM2. There hasn't been a lot of Nikon talk on FPP, only because most of us were Canon shooters, and I see a current trend here. I see... Uh, I see Dan Domi with a Nikon FE2. Yeah. That's the one with the uh, ultra-bright viewfinder. Yeah, according to you. <laughs> and 
<laughs> and the Alex now has the FM2. So we're making our way to starting to discuss Nikon. All right. So the FM2. Um, earlier episode, we had uh, Dan here giving the review on the uh, FE2. Yep. So the FM2 is really its uh, cousin. Unlike the FE, it doesn't require a battery to run. So it's a completely mechanical camera. Other than that, there's a couple differences. Um, the shutter speed, since it's not um, electronically controlled, you only have a one second shutter or bulb mode at the slow end. But you can also go all the way up to one four thousandths of a second. So right. it's really great. Incredible. For, yeah, for an all mechanical camera. Who needs that? <laughs> um, sports <laughs> photography? Yes, um, of course. Racing. Um, again, really bright viewfinder. Now, the uh, real difference is the FE2 had the uh, match needle system. This uses a uh, LED system that has a plus and a minus and a circle. Yeah. So the circle, if it's just a circle on, that means it's uh, dead on exposure. And then a third stop over and a third stop under. Oh, it's just a third stop for the plus minus? It's yeah. really sensitive. Okay. Yeah, it's an extremely sensitive, really good and accurate meter. So if you're beyond that, it just doesn't light up? It just shows the plus or minus. Oh, okay. Right. Without the uh, circle on. Okay. So it makes it really nice and easy to read, especially if you're shooting in dark situations. Yeah, if you're at night. Yeah. yeah. It's nice and lightweight, yet remains durable. It is a metal body. It's a titanium shutter in there, so you can shoot a lot on it without it, without fear of it breaking. What year camera is this? It would probably be uh, mid-1980s. Mid to late 1980s. Do you know if they came out the same time as the FE2? They came out the exact same time. Right. right? They released the electronic version, the E, and the mechanical M. I was um, torn between the um, FE and the FM, but I decided to go FM simply because I want a camera that I can use at all shutter speeds without a battery. Just in case I'm up in the middle of northern Ontario, in in Holtire, Ontario, which has not even a gas station or a corner store in the town. Yeah. Yeah. All French old mining town. Mine shut down in the 1980s. And if the battery happens to die, and again, it takes one of those watch batteries you can get from Radio Shack or right, in right, Canada, right. we call it the source by Circuit City. You saw Circuit yeah. City? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, surprisingly. And again, they last a really long time. Yeah. So again, don't have much problem with that. But even if you don't, if you have like the light meter app or uh, external light meter, um, you mm-hmm. can still shoot with it or just shoot Sunny 16. It again takes um, full range of uh, Nikon lenses. Very nice. My camera right now, because I had my I have my D three hundred with me, I'm using an actual an autofocus lens on it, yeah. but it's a Nikon D type, so it maintains that aperture ring. Because again, it's a mechanical camera. You don't have any sort of knobs or dial on the camera body to control the aperture. It's all done through the ring, and it's something that Nikon maintained all the way into the uh, early 1990s with the F4, which was their professional model at the time, which was the first professional all-autofocus camera. Also another really great camera, a good good jump-off camera. So yeah, um, the FM2, any of the FM series, I would definitely suggest as a good starter camera. It's small, it's lightweight, it's something I can grab off the shelf, toss in the bag, and not feel the weight at all. If if I wanted to uh, get an autofocus lens because maybe, I don't know, I want an F4 or right. maybe even an F80 in, yep. in the future, but I still want to use it on my FE2 or an FM2. You'll um, want... Um, I want a D series? Yes. You'll want a D Nothing se- else. Well, the uh, F80 or right. N80 to you Americans. Americans yeah. um, <laughs> I'm sorry. You guys are talking about Nikon. It's because we're talking about Nikon. I'm just like a... Man, I just look at you. I'm just like a Homer Simpson like... <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, not you, it's Nikon. It's no, 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 no. <laughs> no offense taken, no offense taken. The F80 does have the, have the capability to use the G-type okay. Nikon lenses. Now, G stands for gelded. All these, leather, gelded. All these letters. 
um, basically means it doesn't have an aperture ring anymore. Oh, okay. Right. But again, you can use the D-type lenses on it. Okay. It, in fact, you just have to stop it all the way down to uh-huh. to the end, and then there's a, a lock switch okay. that locks it down, and then it'll work. Okay. Right? But you'll want it free if you're using a mechanical camera or your okay. F4 right. with it in aperture priority mode. So if I'm if I get some F80, then I need to use this little lock on the D. Yes. And okay. Yeah. And then you'll be able to use it on your FE2. Right. And if you didn't care about autofocus, doesn't Nikon still make their 518 for 100 bucks that it has an aperture ring? No, they don't make a manual focus version of it anymore. Um, so they, just they make an autofocus version of it. Yeah. Again, 51.8 um, D-type. Mike's turning on the lights. And again, you'll maintain that capability. And they do offer it for 100, 150. Yeah, 50. They, oh, brilliant lens, brilliant lens. Um, I have a uh, 1.4 on this. I have That's an nice. old... I have a manual focus version of it, an AIS lens, and a manual focus 1.8 as well. And the 1.8 actually came with this camera, and it gives a really nice low profile. It's almost a pancake lens. Yeah. Using an app. You can use an app for your phone to actually, the light meter app. Yes. We talked about it here on the show. Yeah. yeah. Do you, oh, you have one. Yeah. Listener uh, you find it, came I, up I, with you it, find right? Do you find yourself using Yeah. One of them. Okay. Do you yeah. find yourself using it? I've actually used it. Um, I used it wandering around uh, New York City. I mean, if uh, if good? the lighting's really weird and the uh, meter in either my uh, Nikon, Leica, or um, Roloflex was giving me weird settings, I'd double check using the app. And it would just be easier because I would have to take off my backpack, pull up the meter, and here it's just click, done. Really? Incredible. And what about, you mentioned Sunny 16. Uh, very quickly, uh, if someone doesn't know what that is, what is that? Uh, Sunny 16 is a um, metering guide. A lot of people call it a rule, but I find that a little too uh, restrictive. Restrictive. Yeah. It's, it's more of a guideline. If uh, On a bright, sunny day with nice, crisp, crisp shadows, you set your shutter speed to the speed of your film, right. which oftentimes is a bit difficult, especially on modern cameras that have that if you're shooting a hundred speed film, you have don't have a one one hundredth of a second you just anymore. Go one one twenty fifth. Yeah. Exactly, and it closest works, uh, yeah. approximation. It works brilliantly, and you set your aperture to f sixteen, and you just go down from there. Yeah, and on the subject of the iPhone app, it's not great. Like, it's about as accurate as like an in camera digital meter. Absolutely. So, like, are students given cameras without light meters to use Sunny sixteen? We have to get our own thirty five, but if, like if we rent this, we have to rent one of these as well. Like if we rent the okay. Hasselblad, we have to rent a. It seems like an interesting project, like Matt. Like, like here, take this camera, use Sunny Sixteen. Good luck. Yeah. Did any yeah. uh, any projects like that ever come up? There in are. Um, well, not in school, but there's a there's currently a project that's being done by another uh, another podcast, The Art of Photography. They did over the yeah. summer. They did a Holga project, and they, he was right. encouraging them to use Sunny Sixteen in the use of the the Holgas, like for approximations. Well, so yeah. I, I don't know. Right. Yeah, so Holga <laughs> is just shoot it and you can't set anything. Yeah, yeah but the, so yeah, to approximate, yeah. they were asked to use like Sunny 16. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like we spent a week, not a week, but like 30 minutes on Sunny 16 in one of our classes. So I've talked with uh, friends about it and uh, some of them absolutely hate Sunny 16 and refuse to use it. But what's there to hate? <laughs> I know. I hate the sun. <laughs> that sun, you know, bright. Yeah. Giving me burns. But yeah, I mean, you know, let's ditch, let's ditch this Canon versus Nikon stuff, and let's all team up for the sun. Sun versus yeah. moon. Yeah. Really? But what if you don't have the meter? You need to know those Sunny 16. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's just I a mean, practical thing to know. 
I'm holding here a 1950 Leica 3C. Mm-hmm. There is no oh, light nice. meter on it naturally. Mm-hmm. But I do have, um, it's the only camera that I've actually seen that has a 1 one-hundredth of a second oh, okay. shutter speed on it. But today, I'm sorry. Go to the older stuff they all but have. Today, yeah. I, yeah. today, I've heard everything. <laughs> a group that hates Sunny Six. I've never heard of such a thing. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, yeah. Where does this ex- exist? Um, digital shooters, they think that it's archaic. <laughs> digital okay. shooters. They live in caves. But I, I tell you, I enjoy sometimes afternoon going out. When I'm, or sometimes I just forget. Oh, yeah. I've got the. It's like so what? Just go you know out. What? Well, when I when I first got my Kiev eighty eight, that thing has no meter on it naturally, especially with just a waist level finder. I had meant to pack my light meter, but I'd forgotten. So yeah. I was quick on my phone and looked up. Okay, so what's the deal with Sunny sixteen? Oh, all right. I wrote it down and I shot fine. And this was on uh, Chrome Film, actually. Um, Yep, Astia 100, Fuji okay. Astia. Okay. And the results I got were fantastic. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the advance on the uh, camera was uh, busted. Oh. Yeah. So I had overlapping exposures. Like court. <laughs> yeah, that's court. kind of cool, I guess. Yeah, it, you know, it, if it you was can definitely unique. That. I thankfully because it was so modularly built, I was able to break into it and uh, mm. fix my mistake myself without having mm. to take it into the shop and. Still worked after that. So, what camera is this? Uh, Kiev eighty eight. Oh, the Kiev. Yeah, yeah. Those are easy to repair. Oh, absolutely. If you want to get into camera repair, just buy a Kiev. It'll already yeah. be busted, and then <laughs> yeah. you you look up instructions on how to fix it. Like the Kiev six C we gave away, I I hand repaired that myself. Oh, yeah. It, it had like it had frame overlap issues. Right. Yep. Yeah. You 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 like bust it open, and there was like this little screw that you turned. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was. You just—it's like the film around. spacing screw. Did like, we cover all the bases on the yep. FM two? We did. Absolutely. Now what? That's step a, before. Yep, that's yeah. the original model. Um, I'm holding it in my hand. It's the first generation. It's the first generation Nikon it, FM. M means mechanical. Yep. So it won't let you down. It really won't. The FM won't let you down. Nope. Neither will Sunny sixteen. Everybody uses Sunny sixteen. Now, how, how often do any of you guys bracket? Bracketing, of course, is shooting multiple exposures of the same thing, changing your f-stop. I, I use the the Adams belief when it comes to it, but I'll let you guys go first. What is the Adams belief? The Adams belief is if you're bracketing, you're not confident in your ability to take one shot and get it right. Yeah, I, I use bracketing at night. I didn't know that it was Adams who said that, but I'm the exact same way. I yeah, if you go back to go on YouTube, there's a couple of yeah. videos of like him from okay. the 80s, and he's saying he was asked if he brackets, and he says no because it it's yeah. you just need one if you know what you're doing. Yeah, I, I mean absolutely. I bracket at night and then with this just when I was getting used to it. But I don't bracket because I can't afford it with eight by ten. Yeah. Well, when I was shooting Kodachrome, so, I was bracketing. Well, that's good. Most of the Chrome, most of the Chrome guys they would. Uh, they would do two shots, one to see if their processing was right, right. and then, then go with it. So we're giving away this Nikon FM. <clears throat> Occasionally, nice black. We, I mean, uh, folks have been donating to the FPP. Um, next show, I'm going to be talking about uh, um, just going over a few donations, talking about some of the folks that have been very kind to the show. Sometimes a mysterious box appears in the mailroom, and I open it up. There's no bomb squad, so and you got to no. just open it. And it'll be like just a, no return address, and like oh. two dusty cameras in a box. You don't know where it's coming from. Wow. Uh, if you Google uh, donate film or donate f- film camera, FPP comes up. Nice. Nice. Yeah, like number one. Beautiful. Right. Number one. <laughs> so it's going to so, be number one on the Google. So some people are just throwing stuff in a box and just sending it our way. With a goodwill. Nice. Or, or a soda bottle. 
Like, this is, I will say, if anyone is entering this contest, uh, this is, I'll clean it up a little bit. I mean, this is a dusty camera. This camera was just sitting in a, in a closet. Yep. Nice. Yeah, but it, it seems to be beautiful in the sense that it's, it's a rock. Yep. Now it's solid. It has a, a, a Tamron 35 to 210 lens. You know, zoom uh, lens. Zoom lens, f3.5. It's not an amazing lens, but and also I've been shooting. Everything's going to be nice and diffused because the amount of dust on the filter. <laughs> on the filter. I'm always okay. happy. It seems that people in the 80s were always sold this filter. Yeah. yeah. Is that daylight or is that a UV? UV. Okay. I, I don't usually shoot with filters anymore because I really take care of my stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I'm always putting the lens cap back on. But I love it when you get an old beat-up camera and then you take this off. It's like pristine yeah, that, glass. I was just about to say that glass looks fantastic. It's new. Yeah. Yeah. See, now the shot's going to be a whole different world. Yeah. <laughs> and you really don't need to put a filter on the front of it. Just put a hard lens shade and yeah, should be yeah. fine. That's what's, what's on my lens shade. Just like, oh, like a hos- <clears throat> this guy. Yeah, me- metal lens shade, not, not lens plastic. Hood. Well, yeah, many awesome. a lens of mine has been saved because of that. Yep. Yeah. That lens hood, and yeah, the lens hood looks dented, dinged up, but the glass is still. Better than the glass. Yeah. Yeah. The glass is still perfect. Exactly. I'm digging it. Hey, this has been a. <laughs> Remarkable show, and uh, sadly we have to go. Doing my uh, photo chemistry thing. It's, gonna get, it's getting bumped. Bump, bumped. Oh. Bump. Bumped. All right. Well, yeah. in the future. Yeah. I got notes. I had class notes on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be back in two weeks. All the stuff we didn't talk about this time. We're going to talk about next time. Uh, I should mention, which I haven't mentioned, and I haven't been mentioning on shows. But, you know, the, our email address, oh, yeah. which is podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. Yo. <laughs> and uh, do write to us, say hey. Uh, check out the website, filmphotographyproject.com. There's bl- our blogs. Blogs, uh, blogs, videos, videos. All, sorts, all sorts of great stuff. Giveaways, the donate button. The yes, donate button. The donate button, donate please. button. Yes, the donate button. There's cool. always the possibility of stuffing cash in an envelope and mailing it to us. Absolutely, which has, has been done. Yeah? Yes. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we, p- folks have contributed to the Max Fund. Ooh, nice. By like twenty, uh, I forget the gentleman. Twenty bucks and some. Oh yeah, I yeah. remember that. Pizza fun, he said. The nice. pizza fun, yeah. yeah. So uh, we're gonna be back in just two weeks. So till then, have a good day and a pleasant <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>
Congratulations! The Polaroid Super Clincher camera outfit you have just received is one of the best values in instant photography. It will give you years of trouble-free service and deliver beautiful SX-70 instant color pictures if properly used and cared for. This record has been included to help you take your first picture because we know from experience that you want to try the camera right away. It is not intended to take the place of the instruction book which is packed in the box with the camera. We strongly recommend you take the time to read it carefully so you will always get the best results in every picture-taking situation. Before you get started, please listen to this record through to the end. At its conclusion, unwrap the camera and take the film and flash bar out of their boxes. Select a subject to photograph, then replay the record. Here's how to take your first picture. First, put the camera strap around your neck, hold the camera in the palm of your left hand, as is shown on the cover of the record jacket. There's a small latch on the lower right side. To load the SX-70 film, simply push the latch all the way forward with your right thumb. The film compartment door will drop down. Hold the film pack by its edges with the cardboard cover face up and insert the pack into the camera. Push the film pack all the way in. Close the film compartment door. Be sure not to block the front of the camera with your fingers because the film cover will eject through 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 the film cover door be sure not to block the front of the camera with your fingers because the film cover will eject through the film cover will eject through the film cover will eject through the film cover will eject insert a flash bar into the socket on top the film cover will eject through the camera front insert a flash bar into the socket on top of the camera now, face your subject. We recommend choosing a subject with colorful clothing and that you place your subject close to a colorful background. Stand four feet from your... 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 Stand for that distance lens until that distance. Four feet is... Four feet is... Four feet. Like a stranger to my old town Lost the smell of the blossoms Once so grand I think I have the key But I can't find the door The families have gone Are they still mad at us?
put up with such a bachelor pad Stop to skip the records Oh, so mad We were the only ones The center of it all Though it was in our hands Twisted on the young Can't help but smile choosing a subject with colorful clothing and we will do everything we can to assist you. Call us if you ever have questions or problems. One, two, three, forget about it.